OMG. Welcome to an extra special episode of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast, all things magical and Disneyland Paris. I am Andrew Williamson and I'm joined by Simon West. Hello. Each Magical Disneyland Paris podcast episode will have a different focus, be it an attraction, restaurant or special element of the Disneyland Paris world. This episode we are focusing on the latest news regarding Walt Disney Studios. We also hand over to you, the listener, and discuss your views and opinions. Hello Simon. Hello again. I don't know whether I can't believe more that A, we have a podcast again, or that B, this is this is actually happening. This isn't like us randomly speculating what's going to happen. I mean, what will follow will be many hours of speculation, but like this is this is real. They're actually doing it. They're actually going to basically build an entirely new theme park. This is crazy. I'm so excited. OMG. Tell me about it. This is <laughs> oh, this is very very wild. Now you mentioned there about speculation. We know I know we do a lot of speculation when we talk about the future of attractions, but a lot of our oh, pod- projection mapping. Yeah, well, yes, obviously. <laughs> Hashtag projection mapping. I actually am followed by quite a few projection mapping companies on Twitter, but no one's ever sent me a free projector yet. No, a sponsorship would be good. That would be We're amazing. We're open to ideas, I think. <laughs> There's quite a few companies that we'll have to tag in our in our episode when we post it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we've only been on for about one minute and we've already digressed into projection mapping and that's it off topic already um yeah what was i saying speculation we normally talk about that in future sections but a lot of what we say is what the attractions are like now or what they were like in the past um so it's quite new territory for us isn't it really it is i mean to be fair one of my favorite bits is always just us randomly speculating on the future and i mean now we just have a nice uh, sort of low res very undetailed picture for us to for us to work off it's gonna be fun and who would have believed a few months ago that we would spend maybe two hours talking about one image which is only concept art not even any final design exactly and yeah we we have almost no idea what it really means as you say it's definitely i think one thing we really need to caveat with all of this is that i mean it is just concept art it's just there to basically say look we're going to build a lake and around the lake there's going to be some new lands but there's really nothing else there <laughs> let's see if we can make it into something oh yes, <laughs> oh, yes. so yeah um we always like to start off with a brief history and everyone knows this history but the Walt disney studios was opened in march on march the 16th 2002 it was originally supposed to be opened around 96 i believe um it was supposed to happen like of only a few years after the original park opened in 1992 um, but obviously financial reasons um, it didn't make a profit for quite a while the park and I think once it started looking like it was going to make a profit and maybe actually did maybe once or twice um, that's when uh, the Euro Disney company decided to uh, take the plunge I think also contractually they had to open um, a second park by a certain date um, they also have the uh, they've extended this, but they also need to open a third park by a certain date as well. It's some like 2030 or something. It's being extended to now. Um, but to be honest, it, we all speculated for years and years and years: would they um, redevelop Walt Disney Studios or would they open a third park? And obviously, uh, I think this is the correct answer that we've been uh, shown at the moment. Yeah, I think so. It would be a bit ridiculous to uh, have a cash-strapped park and then open a. Uh, open, open a third gate without fixing fixing the second one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go on now to talk about the uh, the history of the park, and that'll be fun. That'll be fun. <laughs> well, it's not a very long history, is it? Really, if you <laughs> if you read through it. Um, so yeah, obviously, uh, when Walt Disney Studios Park 
first opened, uh, there was only three main areas. Uh, so we had Toon Studio, Production Courtyard, and Backlot. And if that's they're the main areas where the attractions um, were held. Obviously, you've got uh, the front lot and uh, Studio One, which is mainly just um, shops and eating areas. Uh, so Toon Studio, um, three main attractions there: Art of Disney Animation, Animagic, and Flying Carpets over Agrabah. Have you uh, before? I don't know. We don't want to spend ages talking about these attractions, really. But have you tasted all of the attractions in Toon Studio from this original list? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've uh, from all of the opening day attractions, I think I've had a had a good try of all of them. I mean, the, the problem with the uh, with the sort of opening day list of attractions is they have really nothing special. No offense to them. I mean, there are, there are some good ones there. I mean, obviously, you know, Animagique was a classic that we were we were quite sad to lose, but I don't think anyone was sort of no one was in tears over it. And uh, bizarrely, two two of the ones in Toon Studio are of Disney Animation and the. Flying carpets over Agrabah. I, mean, I don't think anyone's ever said that they were brilliant, but it looks like they're possibly staying. So potentially, yeah. Looking at the concept, Toon Studio is pretty intact as it goes. Well, it's all about the tunes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, production courtyard, um, Cinemagic, and Studio Tram Tour behind the magic. Um, the attraction definitely is behind the magic because no magic happens on that attraction anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, Cinemagic, uh, I didn't actually go on to that or, or taste that show until uh, really late on, actually, in its life. I think I managed to, uh, I think it was last year now, it closed, and I managed to get there in uh, February last year, just before it had its final show. So I'm actually quite pleased I managed to get to see it. But I know it's got a lot of fans, but obviously it's one, especially when you look at the concept art that we've got to talk through today, but it's probably one that its time was up, really, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cinemagic was a was a great great show it was really fun the concept of it was uh was good and it was executed brilliantly um but to be honest i think disney were probably surprised at quite how long it 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 stayed there um same with animagique as well i mean these are you know these are shows more than sort of real attractions um so i mean they should have been changed years ago they were great don't get me wrong but you know shows are shows are meant to have a much higher turnover um but uh, yeah, and then as you say, Studio Tram Tour. Well, that that was that was a ride, wasn't it? It was, <laughs> was okay. We um, I remember obviously you know the years, years and years we've had uh, we've had lots of reports of different rumours of what might happen to Walt Disney Studios, and there's never really been a rumour, particularly not never a a comprehensive one that's actually said you know what they are going to bulldoze it and expand the park. But there's been lots of things say like when we had the. The original redevelopment uh, plan that's now mainly just sort of happened with uh, the Disneyland Park of the sort of, you know, uh, the reimagining of things. Studio Tram Tour was on that list and we were all horrified at that. And then they said, oh, no, 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 you know, Studio Tram Tours, um, we, we've postponed that refurbishment. And then they just decided to sort of buy some new trucks for it. And then they postponed it some more. And now it's going. So... That's grand. Although I will miss Catastrophe Canyon, to be fair. Yeah, it's obviously if you could incorporate that into something in the future, or if it was able to, have, I don't know if they kept it up to date with, like, if they kept the rest of the attraction up to date. That is probably the main star of it, isn't it? Really, but you don't want to sit there for, I don't know, fifteen, twenty minutes in the queue, and then well, stand there for twenty minutes in the queue, and then sit on the the attraction for ten, fifteen minutes before it gets to Catastrophe Canyon, just for that five minutes of water and explosion. And then you've got to drive through London and look at some cars that 
maybe 100 what is it 101 dalmatians i think one of the some of the vehicles <laughs> and some of the films that i've never even heard of before um they must have spent quite a lot of money over the years as well on, on tram tour because they've they have moved the track uh or the uh or the road that he drives on i know it doesn't cost much to uh, reroute tarmac and stuff like that but the amount of time they've actually they've actually spent changing the layout just so they could fit in um toy story playland and uh, ratatouille and other such new attractions um but yeah like i said won't be sad to see you go um so yeah yeah i mean the, the big the big thing of course being that um I, the studio tram tour has to go because it's in the way it totally blocks the expansion route which is straight on beyond it and i mean i'm sure if you're listening to this podcast you have seen the concept art uh, that we're referring to of course now we've got a great big avenue that's gonna go straight through uh, where the where the station for tram tour used to be or currently is. So uh, yeah, that's that's the big thing with Studio Tram Tour. It was in the way, and now it's going. <laughs> yeah. Um, Backlot is an area where people ridicule it the most. Probably in Walt Disney Studios, it's known as the concrete. Well, it's not even the jungle because there's not much there to <laughs> to battle your way through. But it is a big, big slab of concrete. The, not much else to look at um, especially when you have such attractions as uh, Armageddon and um, the wonderful pre-show that is there if you are pl- <laughs> if you are playing the uh, Armageddon pre-show drinking game then uh, I've already said it a few times now so that's a couple of shots um, I know Simon you're drinking a, a cider aren't you so every time we say the word pre-show yeah. you've got to have at least one finger of that off I go <laughs> um, I'm on the hard stuff mine's the water so I'll be okay oh. in control calm it down will you Andrew <laughs> Well, I've been off school for two... Well, work, school. I work in a school. Been uh, off work <laughs> on a snow day for two days, and I'm hoping that it's uh, the same tomorrow, um, but you never know, so I can't be on the alcohol just in case. But um, Armageddon, yeah, th- obviously we've been there, had a podcast about that. Um, <laughs> rock and roller coaster, um, I managed... Bec- since th- that's probably the um, the earliest we knew, we knew that something was going to be happening in Walt Disney Studios was a few, uh, well, it was a few, like, probably a month ago now, um, a few m- weeks before the announcement of this concept art. Um, but Rock and Roller Coaster, um, there was a D23 Expo in Japan, I believe. Was it in Japan? Yeah. I was. I didn't want to get the wrong country there. Uh, D23 Expo in Japan um, stated that Rock and Roller Coaster was going to close and be refurbished as a Marvel attraction um, looking at the Avengers and Iron Man um, and such characters um, we all obviously what, a lot of what we discussed on the Rock and Roller Coaster episode which was the previous episode of the podcast um, actually kind of is coming true isn't it really yeah it is apart, really. apart um, from the uh, Jamaican bobsleigh team cool runnings idea that I mean that was a cool idea and that has been resurfaced on Twitter <laughs> thank god the, I believe it amazing... was on. Sorry, I believe it was on the dedicated to DLP podcast as well recently. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you know, if the Marvel thing doesn't really work out, then Plan C for Rock and Roller Coaster. Or maybe this could. It. I think it's maybe a section. Instead of having all these lands, the Frozen, the Marvel, the Star Wars, uh, there is an expansion packed, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later on. But Cool Runnings expansion. Um, a whole little world there, or it could even be on the back of the Frozen uh, Arendelle area. It's got my vote. I mean, we've just had the Winter Olympics, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So uh, I'm I'm very game for that. And we'd have curling 
Could have a curling rink somewhere. Oh, curling is such an exciting sport. Very <laughs> misunderstood. Very misunderstood. Uh, sorry, um, I, I butted in about ten times there. Go on, short. I was, was going to say the uh, on the announcement of um, them changing Rock and Roller Coaster to an Iron Man and Avengers ride. I mean, obviously that was that was sort of greeted with you know, okay, good. I'm you know, we're all glad this is happening. And then people were uh, rumouring that it would probably involve changing Backlot into a Marvel land. What's incredible about that though is, of course, that. We all got that bit of news and we're like, right, you know, that's our that's our attraction news done for the year. You know, there will be no more stories, there will be no more scoops to get at. That's you know, that's it. That's that's all we're gonna find out. Um Wow, they were hiding something, weren't they? <laughs> Blimey. That was a I don't I don't know whether they someone sat around and were like, you know what, let's throw them off the scent by throwing them a little bone and then we'll wait for the big one. I think but, I, don't, I mean I'm, it worked, caught us off guard. Yeah, obviously, knowing now what we do know, I think it probably had to go that way, didn't it, really? Because if we had no news whatsoever at the D23 Expo, then especially as Walt Disney um, have, have kind of taken over, was it 12 months, probably more than 12 months now, that they've actually been like the, the, the sole owner? Um, so I think they needed to show something and show that they are investing the money, um, especially as uh, French tourism had a big hit over the last few years, and that's on the up. So I think they did, they did need to show that something was happening and something needed to happen to the studios. Obviously, that it wasn't the right time for them to share the whole concept, um, and they obviously wanted to get the... Uh, the uh, okay by the French government so they've got a political backing of it and it shows it basically shows that the French government uh helping the French people and it shows that the Disney company were right to take over 100% ownership um and they've got the backing of the French government which obviously hopefully has got the backing of the French people um so I think obviously it needed to happen in this way really uh, if we didn't have anything then obviously we would have been all well, the fans anyway would have been upset disgruntled talking about not wanting to come uh, Dis- have... Disappointed, um, although I think uh, as as DLP fans, we've probably got used to not hearing much at D23. That's true, but you kind of do expect a little bit more. We did have some, was it? We'd had something previously as well about the Iron Man, uh, well, New York Hotel. Um, so we knew a little bit more about that before then as well, I believe. So we were starting to get information. So to not have anything at all um, probably would have been a little bit strange. Um, I know people were really excited when they did hear the news about um, the Iron Man roller coaster. Um, yeah, the last one in backlot is Mortar's Action, the stunt show spectacular. So that Big was. Fan. Ca- I really like it. Um, I don't do it every single trip, um, but it's definitely one that if I've got time and it's a nice day, it's definitely one I would like to go and see. The um, it- go on, sorry. I think I think it's as as with a lot of the things we've been we've been talking about so far. I think it's probably had its day. It's time for it to go. Um, the awkward period where Lightning McQueen was making an appearance, <laughs> um, you know, a forgettable forgettable period in the ride's history. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great show. I mean, it was obviously taken over to uh, uh, to Florida to the um, to the Hollywood Studios Park there because it was su- it was you know such a spectacular show. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, time for it to go, but uh, was 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 a good attraction, definitely. It was, and to be honest, when you look at how many how many attractions are there, there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight attractions eight. on the opening day of a what should be a brand new. Well, it was a brand new park. It was never ever going to be an all day park. Still isn't at the moment. They've obviously added Ratatouille, um, Plaster Toy Story Land. the Toy Story Playland, Crushes um, Coaster, Coaster yep, yep. So they they have added over the time, but it still never feels like you could do a full day. 
Um, I was just there in February, uh, just a couple of weeks ago now. And we spent maybe in total over the four days in the parks. So probably spent a day in the park, but it was spread out over the time. Um, part of that was because of season of the force. And if that didn't happen, then we probably wouldn't went back, wouldn't have went back into Walt Disney Studios Park for more than a few hours to do Crush's Coaster or um, Ratatouille a couple of times, stuff like that. So it's getting there, but obviously this pushes it well over and it's going to be hard now to decide whether you spend half your time in spread over both parks if you're on a four or five day trip or do you still spend most of your time in the Disneyland Park hoping that a couple of, like a, a day would be enough to cover everything. I'm sure we'll get on to discussing that very, very soon. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that we obviously should say about the, the history of the park is, of course, that um, there was a lot more planned for it. Um, I mean, you said that they delayed opening it, but that then, of course, delayed um, a lot of the a lot of the rides that were meant to, meant to be joining in. Of course, Tower of Terror being the main one that was meant to be an opening day attraction, they just couldn't afford it. So that was, what, 2008 that yep. came, I want to say, off the top of my head. Um, you know, obviously, that's was and is currently is uh the sort of the you know the staple attraction that's the that's the showpiece it won't be any more one has to imagine um but uh yeah obviously the the park's always been beset by oh no we'll sort of we'll push that back we'll you know we'll do that later um and and i think hopefully now this this marks the end of that so should we head on and talk about the makeover I think we definitely should. Now, before we start going round the concept art and talking about the different areas and what's going to happen or what we believe is going to happen, uh, obviously, just being a concept, it's so just obviously it won't be an it won't be one artist who's just been given free reign to design what he wants. He's been told this is happening, or she has been told this is happening, that's happening, that's going to be happening. So, put your little spin on it. But these are the kind of things we're going with. But it started off, um, well, I'll tell you the story about how I found out, and then we could find out the interesting way that Simon found out. <laughs> <laughs> I was teaching a lesson, um, 17, 18-year-olds were talking about IT-related nonsense, to be honest. Then I got a little notification on my Apple Watch saying, uh, but it was basically just a little picture, and I couldn't really see what it was. Uh, luckily, with my sixth-form students, they were working hard away eventually, so I could uh, have a sneaky look on my phone, and wow. I remember my first tweet was just OMG, and then I, I quoted the uh, the um, was it the press website? I think I quoted the French version because obviously the tweet that went out first, and uh, yeah, couldn't believe it at all. Still can't believe it. Really, a bit speechless. Uh, thinking back to then, I got really excited. Um, luckily for me, the students that I was teaching, a lot of them went to Disneyland Paris with me the year previous, so uh, I know they were all big fans of it and keen to know more about the park and we've spoke about it over the years anyway so I shared that with them and they were so excited to see it and to be honest as well as being excited they were really really disappointed that they won't be students at our sixth form so there's no potential unless they go themselves when they're a bit older and um, they were very good that they couldn't actually go together as a group to see all these amazing things um, especially when there's a lot of Marvel and uh, Star Wars fans in the class as well so Read, uh, looking around on Twitter, seeing everybody's reaction, it was just amazing, and the excitement. And to be honest, thinking back now, um, obviously I've had loads better days in my life, but uh, for the excitement-wise, it was just so exciting. And the buzz I got from reading everyone's messages and everyone's ideas, and it's it's kind of what we've been waiting for for well ever since I've been a fan of Disneyland Paris. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, as, as long as I've been sort of uh, in the community, that's that's yeah. This is exactly what we've been waiting for. But I, I did, still don't think anyone at all actually thought it would happen. 
And of course, then you know, we had we had no leaks to this. It literally came out of nowhere uh, in midday. When I first saw it, I honestly thought it was fan art. I, I looked at it and was like, wow, someone's come up with a really cool idea there. Shame that'll never happen. And then continued scrolling through my Twitter feed before I realised that no, 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 this was this was genuine. This is this is actually happening. Yeah, it's quite unbelievable. But wow, so exciting. And of course. Um, later on the podcast we'll get on to talking about all of your opinions yes um, so it was Tuesday the 27th of February so for those who are listening in the in the future and we're in the past it's kind of like a paradox I don't know where I'm talking now um, but yeah this is what Bob Iger said um, on he, he tweeted on the official president's uh, he was retweeted and quoted by the president of France as well um, so Bob said Today, the Walt Disney Company is announcing that we are investing an incremental €2 billion Euros to expand Disneyland. He actually said Resorts Paris. Um, we'll mm. forgive him for that one. This, unless he's going to rebrand it. Who knows? This is the largest investment that we're making in Disneyland Paris since it opened in 1992. And we're going to use this investment to build out three large lands at Disneyland. One for Frozen, one for Star Wars and one for Marvel. Disneyland Paris opened in 1992 and expanded with another park about 10 years later. This investment, which represents the largest investment we've made since we opened in 1992, is a direct result of the growing confidence we have in the economy of Europe and in France in particular. There's the political part. Mm-hmm. Disney chose France to build a theme park in 1992 and we continue to choose France as a place to invest our capital for long-term growth and to continue to entertain the people of Europe in very compelling ways. Uh, it was interesting as well, on the same day, now this was with a French newspaper, Le Figaro, um, Bob went on to say he has long been spe- uh, sceptical about the project because he was worried about the economic, political and social environment in France, but things have changed dramatically in the past year. The political, ec- economic and social climate makes him much more confident. This investment uh, decision is a vote of confidence of Disney in France and the rest of Europe as uh, the potential for our company. With our expansion project, we want to take advantage of the power of the attraction of our Star Wars, Marvel and Frozen franchises. This will have an impact for the coming decade. We will lay the foundation stone next year and the openings will be spread between 2020 and 2025. It is too early to evoke a third park in Marne la Vallée. Yeah, uh, just as we said, you can't be opening a third gate just yet. Let's not go crazy. Although, (laughs) to be fair, frankly, I mean, we've just talked about how there were eight attractions to start off with possibly quite probably maximum of two of those will survive into this uh, into this new park i mean i frankly i think we should be calling it a new park really it's so different yeah it's going to be so a, wildly different it's going to be a new park with some old bits stuck on the side isn't it really yeah <laughs> i think that's a much better way of looking at it and uh, actually, looking at the map or looking at the concept art, I completely forgot I was going to mention this. Uh, when you were talking about removing uh, the Backlot Tour, because um, they wanted a really big, long avenue to get to the lake, um, if people were such fans of the attraction, they could have just surely dug down and tunnelled under, or they could have had some kind of... It would have, could have made it a bit more, I don't know, uh, landscape-ish, if that's not, that's not even a word, but uh, hopefully you know what I mean, rather than it just being one straight path, which is what the problem of Walt Disney Studios has been. Um, and the the Disneyland Park does have its ups and downs and it's like steps and ramps and caves and everything like that. Could they have done something with that to make it a bit more interesting? If they wanted to, obviously they don't want to keep it because it's gone. Um, but <laughs> if they wanted to keep it, could have happened, couldn't it? I'm sure they could. I mean, if they're going to spend two billion dollars and build a massive lake, I'm sure they can they can do some tunnels or some bridges. I would think if they really wanted to keep it, an easier way to do that might have been to say, okay, well we'll 
We'll scrap the Rain of Fire set, because who's even seen Rain of Fire these days anyway? Um, Catastrophe Canyon's the main thing. Why don't we just sort of expand Studio Tram Tour, move the station over sort of behind Toy Story Playland towards Ratatouille, keep that section of it, maybe expand it a little bit. You could do that with it. Um, they probably didn't need to entirely uh, bulldoze it, but that's what they're going to do, and I don't blame them for doing that. Of course, um, Studio Tram Tour also did exist in the Floridian Studios Park, and that's been bulldozed as well. Yeah. They could have used it, rather than keeping the scenes and using it as an attraction, could they have incorporated... I know it's not the Disneyland Park, but obviously we've got the uh, the railroad around the outside of the park. Could it have been a kind of transportation system to transport you to the different lands? Um, obviously, it wouldn't have wouldn't have worked on road, but they could have used the station if they'd kept that in the plans. They could have transported you to Arendelle and to uh, Galaxy's Edge if that's what it's going to be a Marvel land and such such like. Well, you could certainly imagine some sort of concept like that working, where you have a. Uh, basically an exterior sort of big circle road around the outside just like just like the railroad and you hop on the tram in sort of the front lot and then yeah I'm sure you'd be able to make stations that sort of merged a sort of studio back lot feel and then oh you walk into the movies all of a sudden which is effectively how the park now I guess is going to work you're in the studios for studio one and then you walk into the universe of of the park so I'm sure they could have done that but of course um, what it looks like we have, if you zoom into the picture of the lake, there is a boat on that. So maybe the boat will have transportation like World Showcase at Epcot. Maybe, maybe. We'll talk um, about that in a minute, though. We will. Uh, let's start... Um, well, there is no... Re- well, the, be- the best place to start at the beginning, as uh, they say on The Sound of Music. But uh, So we'll start at Front Lot. Um, so nothing's changed, apart from it looks like the, uh, the, the entrance to Studio One does look different. Um, but everything else from the front lot there does look very similar. Yeah, so basically um, it looks like they're going to try and expand the sort of entrance to front lot because currently that's that's sort of there's like five small double doors there. Um, it looks like obviously you're making a bigger park, you're expecting bigger guest flow. If you've still only got that one entrance and exit, uh, you're going to have a lot of people going through there. Um, so it looks like they're going to try and sort of expand and make a much bigger archway and a bigger entrance to Studio One. There has been talk saying that um, there could potentially be walkways either side of Studio One to get in as well. Yeah. Um, I'm zooming into the concept art now, and I'm not convinced that those are walkways. I think they're they're either roofs of buildings or there's just trees in the way. So I'm not quite sure there's there's any sort of extra walkways being added in. Um, But you never know, maybe. This this concept art is very intentionally blurry uh, (laughs) and has sort of this awkward sponge effect on most of it. Um, so I, they're not trying to show any details at all, but maybe that's the case. And if any, if anything, if the, if it was so detailed, then obviously we'd hold it, we'd hold them to that, wouldn't we? And if they change yeah. any of it, we'd be like, well, this is what you showed us, this is what we wanted, we're having this. And obviously, by by blurring the edges, and it is just concept, it means that they're not promising anything. They're just kind of saying this is the kind of thing we would like to put in. Uh, but yeah, they haven't given any detail at all, and you don't expect that to happen. Um, especially when there's fans such as us who will uh, jump on the bandwagon straight away if anything changes. Uh, but yeah, the Eiffel Tower is still there. Uh, it's still called Walt Disney Studios uh, on the Eiffel Tower, so nothing's changing there um, at, at the moment. Uh, it is interesting, though, that on the plans uh, for Studio One, the big one has gone, and then the uh, the two and the three are still there on Studio Two and Studio Three. 
So it does make you wonder, is it intentional? Is it just um, the the plans of the artist just, I don't know, obviously not concentrating on Studio One really because that's not um, the main focus of the concept art. Um, But it does make you wonder if the rest of the the numbers are on the studios. It looks like it has been removed on purpose, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it looks like maybe it's been replaced by a window. Although then again, the sort of drawing of it is shaky at best i'm really not sure what it's meant to be there's just a sort of black blob with some it looks like someone's just got like the paint all on microsoft paint and just drawn a beige squiggle <laughs> around it so, looks like some blackberries to me it does actually it's spotted isn't it yeah there we go so it's blackberry studios that's when sponsored by blackberry do they still make mobile phones I, are they for, still a company Who for biz- for business maybe i don't know new sponsorship yeah <laughs> No, no one suggested that yet. So there we go. That's our first unique suggestion. Start a rumor <laughs> off. BlackBerry are sponsoring Studio One. We always add things of value, don't we, Andrew? <laughs> so yeah, um, let's one, go on. Sorry, one thing to throw in while we're before we sort of get into the really exciting new stuff um, is sort of the the time frame that we have here. So you you were saying a second ago about um, Bob Iger mentioning that he's been sort of. Uh, He's been putting off this project for sort of a year. Um, I think it was Alan from Cafe Fantasia pointed out that this concept art, uh, if you take the file, actually says it was digitised in October 2017. Now, we have to imagine um, that this has been in the cooker quite a while um, and that this uh, you know, th- this concept art is the result of um, quite a lot of thinking about it. Of course, we I said earlier that the Studio Tram Tour... Uh, refurbishment had been pushed on quite a bit. Now that was uh, that was what two two years ago now maybe. So we have to imagine that this is this has been in the cooker for all that time. Uh, sorry, just wanted to throw that in. Uh, before no, no, we move on. no, it's good. Yeah, it's good you said that. Um, it's also interesting as well the dates that he mentioned in the uh, Bob Iger mentioned in the article uh, with the French newspaper because. Uh, a lot of people were saying, well, is it going to start in 2020, the construction, or is it going to be straight away? Now, it does look like, from that interview, it's going to be next year. So it does look like 2019 would be when uh, things start. Uh, the rumours are that, basically, this is the last year to ride Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, obviously, that was the, the first part of the whole chain reaction, wasn't it, really? So it, it looks like it's pointing towards Rock and Roller Coaster closing around Christmas time. Uh, possibly at the start of 2019 and that's when we're going to start the redevelopment um, and we'll get to that area of the park in a second so if you go through studio one um could completely change studio one at the moment has some small boutique shops and uh, the, uh, the the kind of key well the fast food uh, chicken nugget burger type joint so it could change uh, we could see maybe more entertainment being put in there because they do like to now have um jazz bands and the uh, the bands when it's Christmas and obviously now it's season of the Force. We've got different music um, and musicians in there playing Star Wars theme music. Um, we've got the uh, the tie, the uh, X Wings in there and the Tie Fighter in there as well. So it could be that we see the uh, Studio One changing purpose maybe and it be more of an entrance walkway rather than being like a service place for the food. It could be. It, they could also um, sort of change the purpose of it. I mean, you've just been saying how it gets decked out differently for, for Christmas and for Season of the Force. I mean, maybe they could actually sort of gut it a bit more um, and use it more for sort of changing events and have that as a, a as a venue that sort of changes for the, for the different seasons of the year, which could be quite cool. Instead of sort of 
sticking with uh, sticking with the one theme. Although I would imagine uh, they will probably be sticking with that sort of nighttime Hollywood vibe. Yeah, I do like it actually. It's one of the obviously people talk about what they like about Stuart was uh, what Disney Studios Park and Front Lot and Studio One. I don't know. It just gives me a nice feeling. Um, it is nice to walk in, and it does. It gives you a lot to look at. They've got the neon lights, and you've got the lights, uh, the lighting in there. Um, and when it works, you've also got the control booth uh, in the flight case and the, uh, the restaurant, so you can actually change the lighting. Um, sometimes I've looked cool when I've been telling people how to do it because it's worked, and other times it hasn't worked, um, and I've got egg on my face. <laughs> so maybe they, those are the kind of things as well that I just love the little e- extra Easter eggs that Disney do put in and the Imagineers put in. So I hope that as we go through the concept, we, we, hope, we I hope we see some of that kind of thing come to fruition. Uh, little secret Easter eggs and secret passages and paths and different walkways rather than just using one big straight avenue. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the great things about um, the Disneyland Park that we have over over some of the other Disneyland Parks around the world. There's so many sort of small things to explore. There's so many walkways, you know, the caves and Adventureland. There's so many atmospheric places to enjoy that aren't specific attractions they're just places to enjoy, you know, a themed park. And it looks like now, with this expansion, that's what we're going to get in the studios. Hello. So um, we'll turn left. This is, uh, if, you, if it's any uh, empty audio or blank space, it's me turning left and walking down the path so I can get there. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got um, on the left-hand side there the uh, Animagic. That's where Animagic was, wasn't it? Oh, no, Cinemagic, sorry. Cinemagic. Got them on the other way around. I haven't turned right. I've turned left. Um, so that's going to be probably a, a kid that keeps saying Avengers stunt show. Um, that should be happening soon as well. Uh, the, it's all fenced off now. Uh, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, it was all fenced off. Whereas previously, when it since it was shut down, it was all just open and the lights were on. Um, so they are starting uh, to do work on there as well. So that could be opening anytime soon. So that's the start of the Marvel type area. Um, Obviously, in front of you as well, you've got the Tower of Terror. Now, it's important to note that Tower of Terror still says the Hollywood Tower of Terror, and it's in its old current form, uh, hopefully with the new rendering, which should be taking place in the next 12 months, because it's all obviously falling apart at the moment. But that's, <laughs> a different, that's a different story for a different day. Yeah, um, I'm really chuffed it's staying, not only because it's now effectively a unique tower that we have now that California's gone, but also because I spent so much time on Twitter being like, nah, should <laughs> Breakout won't come, it won't come, it won't come, it fits with the with the theme of Walt Disney Studios, it won't come, you know? Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad the change isn't happening, because otherwise I would have egg on my face. <laughs> so that's the only reason why? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, to be honest, it would, it still fits in... Uh, depending on obviously what they do with the front of some of these Marvel inspired buildings it could be that it kind of slowly gets more futuristic as you head towards down uh, to the new uh, Iron Man ride or to where um, Mortar's action used to be it kind of does look like it probably could do it could feel like it goes art decoy and slowly gets more modern as yeah uh, I mean you have you have that sort of um, American American styling so there's no reason why you couldn't sort of go from 1920s LA to a sort of more modern Art Deco, then into a sort of futuristic Art Deco. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason why you couldn't you couldn't pull that transition off. Um, Luke, I believe, has done an, uh, as an NIDLP geek has done an excellent article, um, basically talking about how you could pull off a transition like that. So do check that out. 
I'm just reading that now to see if I've missed anything important that I should mention. Um, I'm not really, <laughs> I, even though I do like uh, Marvel, um, especially as Noah's now moving from the traditional Disney Mickey Mouse style stuff to the Avengers and the Marvel uh, universe. I'm um, starting to watch it a lot more and starting to get uh, to know a lot more about it. Is there a certain time period that this universe is supposed to be? I know Captain America is uh, from the war. Like, is it the First World War or something like that? I can't remember now. Um, but would it work? Is, are there different time periods over the universe that you could kind of have different elements based on different time periods of Marvel Universe? Or are you not such Honestly, a big fan? I've I've not watched a Marvel film for a good, I don't know, eight years. And to be honest, that might have been a DC film for all I knew. It had <laughs> superheroes, that's all I know. Um, so no, I know literally nothing about Marvel. Um, so I'm not... Not going to be any use in this discussion. As far as I'm aware, um, it's mainly sort of contemporary, sort of yeah. futury sort of stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, modern glass and um, round things, apparently. And it looks jets. like, yeah, it looks like round things, yeah. Yeah, that's about all I can tell you. <laughs> well, what I'd like to propose, uh, having not known every single thing about the Marvel Universe, and I'm sure Luke and other people will... Uh, correct us on this um, and it's our question of the podcast it's our competition of the podcast you don't win anything oh, but we always have a question don't we yeah we love it um is it possible in the marvel universe currently uh, obviously it's been around for a long time in the comics and the uh, all the different uh, stories that have happened and the, now the film franchises is it possible to go from an art deco style and incorporate the avengers and marvel characters down different time periods towards the Iron Man show at the end, which has a nice what's apparently called a quintet or sorry quinjet aircraft, uh, which was used by the Avengers apparently. Lucky them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but obviously a, a big difference from what Walt Disney Studios is like at the moment is, and obviously it's already concept art, and I need to stop saying the word obviously because I'm saying it every five minutes. But uh, obviously it's all uh, it's all green. There's lots of greens everywhere, trees everywhere. There is. While we're on that, one thing that I, I think is probably worth mentioning is that I mean, we said earlier that this concept art is just you know just trying to show off the basic points here, that we have a lake and we've got the three new lands. I wouldn't read too much into the amount of greenery, I don't believe, because I, I, I think effectively the greenery is acting as kind of filler. So I, I'm not sure they're going to suddenly plant loads of new trees. I mean, definitely we've, we've got a sort of a few expansion pads around and they'll definitely fill those with foliage. That's how... Uh, Disney always blocks off areas that they don't need to see. They make an embankment and they shove trees on it. Um, this concept art is incredibly green. There's so many trees. There's so much foliage. I would be wary about uh, how much we think will actually sort of turn up in the end. I would be surprised if Backlot suddenly uh, ends up with the amount of uh, foliage that it now appears to have um, on this concept art. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it will. So... Um... There's obviously Disney Junior and Stitch Live and, uh, and I'm going to say the word again, Armageddon with that wonderful pre-show. Them buildings are next up as you're walking down the plan. Uh, the armadillo is no longer there. There does seem to be something hidden in the trees near the Tower of Terror and the Armageddon building. Uh, again, we wouldn't like to say what that is yet. Your imagination. That a, that's a yellow squiggle right there. <laughs> we have a couple that's of blue. A blue dash and a blue dash on each side. Looks like a bird. Looks like a lightning strike. Maybe a light lightning striking a bird. 
<laughs> there we go. <laughs> very, thought, very, um, very that, abstract. I thought that was Thunder Messer on uh, Big Thunder Mountain, something to do with lightning and birds and... Thunderbirds or Thunderbirds, something. yeah, no, that's right. That's a different... That's not a Disney franchise, never mind. Oh, well, we'll, we'll stay away from that one. So, yeah, there could be... Um, could be different stage shows in there we could have meet and greets the buildings do look quite big though don't they so it could be that there are some kind of simulator rides in there or um like screen based attraction or something like that again they, we don't we don't really know do we no we've got no idea they do look relatively big um which i mean is possibly just again from the from the concept art just you know needing to fill a bit of space um because obviously none of this is is to proportional to scale um, I've heard some rumours that there could be a uh, there's an I believe there's an Ant-Man uh, sort of interactive dark ride maybe a sort of Buzz Lightyear style attraction yeah. that's going to be built in Hong Kong um, couldn't really find out much about this um, but there's there's speculation that maybe that could come uh, of course Hong Kong has just had an Iron Man experience uh, open up and that's basically like Star Tours but you sort of fly around with um, Iron Man while he blows some stuff up um doesn't look like that's coming there's certainly nothing that that looks like that um though of course you could have that but why you would when you've got star tours next door that's basically the same thing um i i don't know why but anyway doesn't look like that's coming but armageddon could possibly be replaced by uh this ant-man dark ride it'd be interesting as well obviously because it's so small you wouldn't need that much space for the attraction well, exactly, and the Armageddon show building is um, is very, very small, as we discussed in the Armageddon podcast, where we moaned about the building being small and not being able to convert into anything. <laughs> Actually, I think we said it should just be a meet and greet. So we did. Probably will probably will be a meet and greet. I would say. This is true. This, this is, is true. true. Uh, it's got the two different areas, hasn't it, with the pre-show area, which was massive, and nothing much happened in there, and then you've got the stage area. So it probably would work quite well as a meet and greet. Alternatively, um, of course, I i mean, I think I said this in the podcast then, but I, I still think that you could probably take, I mean, hopefully you'd redo the pre-show, um, but you could probably still have some concept of like you walk into, I don't know, like a villain's lair or something, and it starts blowing up with the same stuff you have in Armageddon, and then, you know, one of the Avengers or something turns up to save you. So they could just refit Armageddon. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past. There's two billion being spent here, and there's an awful lot that needs to come with that two billion so that is true surprised if if um not everything's as new as as you might expect and uh, you don't want to be in a a marvel attraction and all of a sudden you look you look underneath uh, a seat or you look behind a pillar somewhere and it has a mark on it that says armageddon just (laughs) just left left behind by accident just imagine i think disney will try and crush that perfectly (laughs) wipe that bit of history out Obviously, they would need some uh, eateries as well if they're going to make this into a, a full day or even more than a full day park. The uh, so pot- potentially some of these buildings could be used uh, for backstage areas, and then part of it could be recommissioned into some kind of like it could be a counter service, or it could be uh, maybe it could be somewhere where you could sit down in a restaurant and a waiter service re- table service restaurant. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, the studios part doesn't really have much of that, apart from uh, the restaurant with Ratatouille, because it's it's not a full day park. You don't mm. really need it. It sort of shuts too early for um, a lot of the times that Europeans like to eat. But yeah, as you say, it's going to be a full day park. They're going to want people to stay until the late hours, so they're definitely going to need some new some new eateries. 
Now we're getting close to the uh, where Rock and Roller Coaster is and uh, Motor Actions is at the moment, and uh, I'm just going to make a little sad me- reference again. It's concept art, so we don't know whether this is here or not, where it's going to stay or go. But Cafe de Cascadeurs, oh. it looks like it's probably going to get the uh, get taken away and wheeled away somewhere else. I I should imagine that's going to take the act. Yeah, I mean maybe it could end up on front lot or something, but it's, it certainly looks like it's gone, doesn't it? I'm so sorry, Andrew. I'm so sorry. But the burgers are so nice. There'll be really good burgers in the Moss Eisley Cantina. I'm, I'm sure of it. But they'll be green. That's true. And <laughs> they, they are going to serve blue milk, apparently. So, so all the, the colours um, you want. It's like that time when the uh, Heinz ketchup was green for some Halloween. <laughs> was it some Halloween or something to raise money? I can't remember now. But yeah, it didn't work well with my brain. But the uh, the show building of Rock and Roller Coaster totally looks different we've we've talked about the 2d facade with the big guitar and the really really ultra modern cd outside the queue area <laughs> it obviously looks like they've remodeled it. it it shouldn't be too hard to put in some like fake frontage to make the building come out into the uh, area a lot more and give it a lot more like three-dimensional shape but it that will make a big difference to that area wouldn't it just the, like the different shape of the buildings and a bit more interesting yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got this new sort of huge semicircle coming out of it, and I think uh, part of that will also be great because Rock and Roller Coaster at the minute feels really set back. It feels like you've just got to keep walking to get to it. Um, so I think having a having a semicircle that comes out should sort of close off that end of the park a little bit more, rather than feeling like um, everything's so spaced out and. There's just these sort of masses of, uh, of sort of concrete slabs on the floor to, to be walking over to get anywhere. Um, as a side note, I was looking at the park maps for 2002, um, and indeed the current park map um, for the Studios Park. It, have a look at it. It's amazing how much of the park map is filled with path. just looks like there's these huge, expansive pathways there. Whereas, of course, you look at this concept art, there's not many pathways to be having a look at. So I think that's that's probably reflective of uh, how we now will have a, a proper sort of density of attractions and a lot more thought about the atmosphere that each individual zone is going to have. Yeah, it, need, it, it does need a bit more thought to it, and it definitely looks like that's going to happen. The um, Motors Action Stadium, now I've heard different people's discussions and opinions on this. It looks like... Like from the way that some of the diagonal lines are going down, and the way that the I don't know the way that it sticks out uh, towards the back of it near the fake trees, it looks like they're going to keep possibly keep it as some kind of stadium structure. From from what I can get, gather from the concept, uh, it could be just the way that the lines are. Could it could be lighting? It could be part of a roof. Who knows? I don't know. Just the way it sticks out, it looks like it could be kept as some kind of stadium. Maybe I also wouldn't um, wouldn't rule out the option that they just don't know what they're going to do with it yet. So they just went, look, just make it blurry, put some trees around it. Because what it, I mean, from the picture, we've got the. Um, did you say it's called a Quinjet? Yeah, uh, something like that. Quinjet. That's what. Quinjet. Uh, that's what Luke says on his lovely article. Luke's the expert on this. Luke will know. <laughs> um, so we, we've got the Quinjet, and then it almost looks like we've got sort of um, uh, where currently the sort of the back of the um, Mediterranean facade is. But then disappeared is the stadium seating, which uh, obviously previously uh, we think that this is um, the base of this is traced from a Google sort of a Google Earth image. 
So they've obviously removed that, which makes you think, oh, maybe they've maybe they've done that on purpose to replace it with a sort of spongy green affair. <laughs> um, so I I think maybe they're sort of they're leaving that open. But of course, maybe we'll have some sort of um, Avengers attraction based on based on the Quinjet there. That they could just make that into another backstage show building. Yeah, it could be. It could be a simulator, couldn't it? Obviously, if the Quinjet and this this sounds really bad, isn't? I, I do like Marvel, but I get, I'm not a fan of it uh, as such. Where I, I'm so geeky that I know every single thing about it, but it could be a simulator. I know they're talking about um, a Millennium Falcon, a simulator, which may or may not be on the plans, and we'll get to that a bit later. But if that's not going to be there, then it might be useful for there to be another simulator as such, similar to Star Tours. That could be placed there, maybe, especially if they've got the jet outside. Uh, it could kind of hint to that, maybe. Something like that, or could you have... I mean, I don't know Marvel properties well enough, um, but obviously Flight of Passage um, in Pandora is exceptionally popular um, and has been met incredibly well. So some sort of um, uh, virtual reality and simulated experience, perhaps? Yeah, Obviously, I don't. I don't feel that these Quinjets breathe just like the Banshees do on the Pandora. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it won't need as uh, advanced I'm not sure technology you ride on top of it either. To be well, fair, but um, if you haven't seen the film, how do you know? This is true. He could lasso Captain America. Could hit a shield <laughs> onto a, a bit of rope, and then the rope could lasso around the Quinjet. He could jump on board, and Are all of a sudden, you're riding a your Quinjet. Tail into it or something. <laughs> Got some USB ports. That's a mixture of IPs there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll walk. We'll walk back. Unless you've got anything else to say about the Marvel area, should we walk back down towards the outside of Studio One? Yeah, let's take a let's take a gander back down. Um, yeah, outside Tower of Terror again. It looks like they've still got a lot of Hollywood Boulevard. Um, some of the buildings there where you've got little cafe areas and stuff like that. So again, it, it hopefully it's a, they're going to keep some kind of street area and different streets, side streets. Um, again, we can't tell because of the blurring and the grass and the uh, the greenery and the trees, but it could be. And there are some colours in amongst the trees near Tower of Terror, so there could be some other paths or other building areas or... Uh, people have speculated that could be an expansion pad, maybe. Um, I would love it. It's not going to happen, uh, not as part of this £2 billion uh, redevelopment. But I would love it if Hollywood Tower of Terror stayed the same way. Um, it, it, would mean, it wouldn't be able to stay in the actual tower. And we've talked about having a restaurant in the tower on a previous episode a long time ago now. How, how amazing would it be if you walked in, like you kind of do when you go to Place de Remy, um, Place de Remy you've got an actual hotel where you can stay in the park uh, or, the, or at least a restaurant uh, even if it makes you feel like you're going up the tower uh, obviously they've got the technology coming soon for the Star Wars hotel where you've got the screens uh, maybe we could uh, project some uh, our projection mapping or our screen technology you could actually protect, uh, project that you're top of uh, the hotel and you're staying in the top of the Hollywood Tower before yeah, I mean, it was destroyed <laughs> There's no reason why you couldn't get in an elevator and then the elevator doesn't actually take you anywhere and you just get out of it and then feel like you've uh, you've gone somewhere. Of course, that's what happens in um, uh, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. You know, there's plenty of examples of elevators that don't actually go anywhere. So I mean, that would be a really cool idea. Did we also talk about... Because um, I know there was a, there was a rumour of uh, the Hollywood Tower in Florida getting a bar put at the top of it, which I've no idea how serious that was, but... <laughs> I mean, we Europeans like a drink. I say drinking my cider. Um, so maybe, 
maybe that would be cool. Although I highly doubt it. What I think is interesting about this front area, um, this sort of Studio One area, is uh, they've, they've shoved lots of extra trees in front of it and they've basically just sort of drawn over um, the existing boulevard to create this new boulevard that goes towards the lake um, with lots of trees at the side of it that sort of um, covers over the area around the Hollywood Tower. So, I mean, I wonder how much of that front area is going to be keeping uh, the 1920s Hollywood feeling yeah. uh, or how much is going to go into that new that new avenue. Very difficult to say because it looks like they're going to be doing away with the uh, those sort of two-dimensional uh, the sort of the flats. Yeah, um, flats you would describe them as, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, I always quite like those, but I guess if you're going now for the idea that you're actually immersed in the universe, you can't have two-dimensional flats anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll go on to talk about this boulevard, but that's very... A very, very basic, and I think is um, it, it, it is still waiting to be revealed. I think. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you. I didn't really notice it until you mentioned it. Then I know the Studio One; it, it does come up quite high, so you can't see right down into the back of Studio One when you exit into the park. But the uh, the new path that they've put down towards the lake, it does kind of look like they've just plonked it right on top of whatever was there. So obviously, again, it's concept, so it doesn't need to match up. It doesn't need to be architecturally correct. Um, you wouldn't just plonk that there, especially when you've got some of the buildings there that we know exist already, because um, you'd be cutting half the buildings in half, some of the buildings that are there. So <laughs> they have obviously just plonked it down, they've blurred a little bit, put a bit of tree in the way, and it looks yeah. like it fits in. So again, it's not to scale. It could be that that happens further down. It could be that the um, the, bu- the, the, uh, the new boulevard or the street is a lot shorter, or it's wider, it's thinner. It could be more than one path. It could be three or four. So again, we don't really know, but that's just to depict that that will connect to the new lake. Um, before we head down the lake, I totally think I'm going to go a different way. I did say we were going to go to Star Wars Land next, uh, we're going to change that. We're going to stick to where we are. So we've got the Disney Art of Animation there. Um, no reference to any changes there. You've obviously got the uh, Animagic building, which uh, currently, when it's on, houses Mickey and the Magician, which is a wonderful show. So I really do hope that that stays, and it probably will. It's won loads of awards recently for theme parks and uh, such like. Um, Another attraction we were talking about before we pressed record on the podcast was uh, Flying Carpets of Agrabah, with its wonderful fast pass, just in case it's very busy. (laughs) Unlikely, given everything that's about to happen, but you never know. It's it's quite surprising that that kind of thing survives, really. But it's never got any bad press, has it? It's not like Armageddon. As I'm well, going to pretty sure. And I think as well, uh, backlot backlot needed to change. Um, and backlot effectively is a is a blank canvas because it's just a bunch of sort of industrial looking buildings. Whereas, of course, on the other side of the park, um, you know, what was once known as Toon Studio, but I think has now been sort of broken down into 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 different sections. You effectively now have basically just a Pixar land um, and some aspect of that are really good um, obviously the Plaza Remy is absolutely beautiful um, Toy Story Land maybe uh, getting a new attraction coming to it but you know is is modern and it's being replicated across the world um, Crush's Coaster very good fun uh, it's a bit bitty uh, definitely and there's no sort of there's no unifying identity that's pulling it all together um, but there's no reason necessarily to change it, and there's definitely no need to bulldoze it to make way for anything else. So I think that part of the park is just, well, we don't need to do anything here, so we'll leave that as it is. 
yeah, there's no point in knocking it down. It does, it does take some visitors, and it'll eat up a couple of people. So that it may, may, could mean that queue times are a bit lower. Uh, we possibly with these refurbishments or with these changes to the park coming up, um, you could see Crush's Coaster, the queue line there, going down a little bit. For example, if you've got a lot of people yeah. heading to other places in the park, um, but obviously we said that when uh, Ratatouille was going to open and. The ride time, well, the queue times for Ratatouille were crazy. They seem to have come down a little bit now, and that hasn't affected Crush's Coaster at all. So, uh, who knows, we could end up just seeing more visitors to the parks, um, and the queue times being just as high for those star, attra- star attractions. The, this um, is very true, but of course I, I don't think um, Crush's Coaster will be considered a star attraction uh, after everything that we've got to open. Because it's always been a sort of, is it an e-ticket? Nah. Probably not really. It's a roller coaster, but it's not. You know, it's not. It's not up there with your space mountains or your thunder mountains or anything of the sort. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure how popular it will remain. To be honest, although of course it's still very good fun. Yeah, I managed to ride it for the first time in February. So, uh, and did you enjoy it? I did. Um, at one point, I had no idea where I was. Obviously, with the spinning. Um, we were on the we were on the lift hill at the start as well before you go into the main roller coaster building area, uh, show building area. I was looking down the hill rather than up the hill, so I moved there for what felt like five minutes. It obviously was only a few seconds, but I think I got more thrill out of that looking down there when the shark popped its head out every now and then than, <laughs> I, did on, than I did when I went on uh, Hyperspace Mountain on, on the same trip as well. Oh wow! The um, <laughs> the the first part of Crush's Coaster, I think, is brilliant. The um... The first section going out uh, in front of the show building, I think, is really good fun. And then the uh, the bit, uh, the, the sort of the first undersea bit that's sort of setting a scene, and then the lift, I think, is amazing. Uh, it's a shame that the it's well, I should imagine it's incredibly difficult to to theme the actual sort of uh, gravity run section yeah. of the roller coaster. But you know, the uh, the theme of the first bit's really awesome. I think it's a great ride. Now, another reason why we don't trust the trees on this uh, concept art is the fact that there's no real well you kind of disappear into the trees and there's no Buzz Lightyear figure you can't really see him the Slinky yeah, Dog Slinky, slinky Dog have disappeared as well yeah it's kind of the box is there but he's kind of squashed somewhere so they have obviously tried to squash this down to try and fit a lot of it in um, there's yeah. no there's no path to get to Plaster Remy it doesn't even to be honest if you didn't know that uh, that's where it was you wouldn't even know that that was a thing I think you could you could very easily forget about uh, Ratatouille on this map, can you? Well, I say map, concept. Concept art. Well, my opinion is they've got rid of it. <laughs> That's it. They were like, it was good while it lasted. Yeah, let's, we'll scrap uh, that. Let's take that away from them while they're still enjoying it. Because what that is there is just a piece of cardboard and a projection mapped what used to be Ratatouille uh, and <laughs> Plaster Emmy on there. Yeah. yeah, it's just a Parisian backdrop that you can just... occasionally see in the in the background. It's, and just a big billboard that says, um, we are in France, visit this place by following this train line. Hashtag choose France. <laughs> choose France. Especially as all the uh, the tourists are back in France now, don't need to go to uh, Place de Remy anymore, they've got the real France at the door, at the, on the right. doorstep. Knock it down, I say, knock it down. <laughs> Obviously we're only joking, it's a very nice place. <laughs> the yeah. um, What's the alien uh, ride called again? Alien Swirling Saucer? Hasn't opened yet, though, has it, in uh, Disney's Hollywood studio? No. Um, so if you don't know Disney's Hollywood studio, they're building a Toy Story Land considerably bigger than ours um, and has a slinky dog. Uh, I think it's a powered roller coaster. Yeah, um, it looks really good. Yeah, oh, yeah, it does look really fun. Um, 
I don't have the stupid drop tower thing either. Lucky them. It's hideous. <laughs> I was really hopeful that they were going to be like, oh, we're going to bulldoze the drop tower. But no, that's still there, which is a shame. Anyway, um, bizarrely, it looks like they're going to add uh, these alien swirling saucers uh, into Toy Story Land, which is, I mean, sure, fine. But um, yeah, I think everyone was a bit sort of surprised at why that show building appears to have popped up in this concept art. Maybe it won't make the final cut if they uh, need to spend a few extra bobs somewhere else. I would imagine that could be something that could easily uh, take the cut. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, I'd rather have a really, really good new land than an extra bit Run, in, our, yeah. in our Toy Story playland. We, d- we don't need another stock theme park attraction uh, in Toy Story Land, or indeed uh, anywhere in Walt Disney Studios. We've got <laughs> enough of those. Um, so, yeah, bit of a bizarre one, but there we are. If they want to add it, then <laughs> wouldn't say no. No, I wouldn't say no to any attraction at all. If we're going to have all of them, then more the merrier. But, if, like I say, if we need to sacrifice one or two attractions uh, to make sure that the really big deals happen, then that's one that can kind of disappear from the plan. Yeah. Unless, obviously, unless the attractions that are going to take place in the other lands are going to be for a certain... Pardon me. Unless the attractions in the other lands are going to be for a certain age or a certain height, then obviously we've got a lot of young families and young kids, and I'm being a bit biased here because obviously I've got a five-year-old son. He can now actually go on uh, a lot of the big Thunder Mountains and Star Tours of the world, so he's, he's not getting... He could actually go on uh, Tower of Terror this time as well. One, one metre and two... Is it one metre, 20 centimetres or something ridiculous like that? So, but it kind of, if you have a few more of these attractions in there, uh, being a little bit selfish to somebody who likes a thrill ride, it does keep families in the family areas so you can kind of go and go crazy on all the thrill rides. Yeah, and I mean, I think this expansion uh, project should really hopefully give, give a sort of bit of everything to everyone, really, because we've got um, Frozen, which we should imagine will include some sort of soft dark rides that'll be um, very, very accessible to everyone. Um, Star Wars, we're expecting there to be the Battle Escape uh, ride there, um, which again sort of, you know, maybe plays more to people who are interested in the Star Wars franchise, but should still be sort of just about open to everyone. And then I think we're probably expecting some slightly more um, intense things over in the Marvel area, what with uh, Rock and Roller Coaster being a, uh, being a very big roller coaster in and of itself. So there's there's something for everyone here, definitely. Now let's go down the uh, the path. What are we going to call it? The path to the lake, lake, lake avenue, yeah. studio, studio path. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has I think struck everyone about this is, of course, that I mean, you know, this is this is like the main street leading leading to the castle. Um, but what we have is a, a sparse looking pathway with I, I are they meant to be like tents at the side of it with some with some banners across, which. I mean, just looks bizarre, really, when you think about it, because there's there's not really any theming going on there. Now, I would imagine this is because they've probably not quite decided what they want to do with it yet, and they've you know will put something quite basic there before before full decisions are made. But uh, yeah, this, this boulevard is very strange. Yeah, it would it would have been stranger if they didn't have anything at all, like you say. So if they haven't got the plans sorted yet, and they obviously haven't, and they were right at the start, of the first phase of the redevelopment. So putting something in there probably would have made it a little bit more interesting. Better than having nothing at all. Maybe it's going to be somewhere where you can purchase some snackage on the way down, especially as it looks like it's a really really long avenue. 
Well, uh, this is another thing that, that I wonder, really. I mean, obviously, this is just concept art. This is meant to uh, show off a sort of grand vision. Um, but I think the perspectives here are possibly at a, a, bit of a, a bit of a weird angle, should we say. So I would personally imagine that that boulevard's probably not going to be quite as long as we think it's going to be. And I'd imagine that lake is going to start a lot further forward um, than this image would suggest. Partly because if you look at the, the footprint on an aerial view of the studio's park, it's already sort of framing, or starting to frame uh, a sort of position for a lake with the angle that Toy Story Playland is at. So I would imagine that lake is going to be an awful lot closer to Toy Story Playland um, than, than we're seeing here. Yeah. I would imagine there'll be a sort of a bit of a line of trees or something to divide Toy Story Playland from it, but I would imagine then we'll go straight into that lake, um, which I think this picture suggests it's going to be set a lot further back, but I would be surprised if uh, if that's actually an accurate representation. The, at, the, at the moment as well on this plan, there's no, or this concept, there's no path or obvious path coming out of Toy Story Playland or um, Ratatouille. I suppose there is maybe if you look through some of the trees, <laughs> if you can, some of the hills that are on there. Um, I just don't see them having one major path and only that path taking you to the rest of the lands. There should be little paths in and out of all the different areas just to make... Obviously, you don't want people going in and out all the same way. You want them to be a flow so people are kind of walking around in different places, not all bumping into each other. Um, there's a nice big grassy area right down the end of the path, isn't there, before the lake? People have speculated that could be somewhere where they hired a show building for some kind of nighttime show, uh, projection area or something like that. Uh, again, it could just be we need something green there because the lake's just really, really big. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one again. Because um, obviously what we're expecting is that you'll have this boulevard and then it'll frame the lake and then uh, the, the I think it's called the North Mountain, the Ice Mountain, the Ice Palace um, from Frozen Land. That's what it looks like, the sort of view progression is going to be from this boulevard. But of course, if you then have that... Um, looks like a rather large bunch of trees in front of the lake then you're going to obscure that view and that's not going to be a that's not going to act like a weenie uh, no. which would be surprising so we'll have to see so let's uh, let's head left there's some kind of rock work and a little bit of path again and there's some paving area that goes off back towards tower of terror but kind of ends up nowhere but that's just because it's our lovely concept out we've got then got some kind of buildings on the lakeside which could be maybe where the boats uh which there's like some kind of ferry or some kind of boat on the lake that could be a place where it docks or picks up or drops off passengers we've then we then come towards this lovely big star wars area now people are talking people are talking about it as galaxy's edge uh, are you at, of the opinion that this will be the same as what America is getting in both of their parks, or are we going to have a smaller version? Um, Do you think? I, I, I think again, going back to the earlier point that we keep bringing up, this is this is just concept art, and all they're trying to do is just say there's three new lands coming in a lake. Um, so I don't think we can read too much into it. Um, but of course, it, it does. It looks an awful lot like Galaxy's Edge. I think. I don't think the two Galaxy's Edge edges being built are identical I think the one in California is smaller because it's got a much smaller footprint um, anyway 
Um, so it's, it's probable that ours will end up more that size. But then again, I don't think Paris is particularly restricted to space at all. So it would only be budget that would uh, that would stop it from being as as huge and expansive uh, as certainly the one in Florida, which even has a sort of large woodland area which has like parked spaceships in it. Um, so I'd imagine we probably won't get that sort of thing. It looks like at the minute we have uh, the sort of entrance to the Battle Escape ride, which sort of puts you in a in a Star Destroyer while there's a massive fight happening in the hangar of it. We don't really know many details at all. What that would then suggest and what we can't see any sign of would be the Millennium Falcon attraction. Um, obviously where you get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. Um, but again, really, really difficult to to read much into it but it definitely looks like it'll be it'll be based on the same kind of thing and I would imagine given that they should basically just have some flatlands do whatever the hell they want with the cheapest thing to do bizarrely is probably just to make another clone of it because then you don't need to redesign it and uh, rework out all of those costs you can just go to your, go to your manufacturers again and say make me another one of those and you know yeah. what those costs are as well They're, they'll be fixed costs so Chances are it'll probably be as similar as possible. Now, I would like to feel as well, like we've got such a big open space on the plans here. Do you feel that it would kind of come up right behind this Marvel area and the Tower of Terror? They kind of wrap around, so obviously they'll have some kind of way of um, putting a border in, a physical border, so you can't see it from a certain area. But I can imagine looking down on the real map, if we were, if we were actually like in an aerial view, I can imagine that's kind of wrapped right around it's not going to be as far away as it looks like on the concept art is it like we've mentioned yeah definitely i mean i think from a from an artistic perspective they've just tried to sort of raise it up higher so that it it stands out because again it's the the point is that they're trying to say there's going to be star wars land here i mean i would hope that this lake is going to be massive and that we do have lots of expansion areas for future lands which i i've heard rumors to to suggest to be true um Whereas in which case, you know, that this this will be a sort of uh, tucked away on its own sort of affair. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Disney Disney know how to build theme parks and they know not to leave sort of pointless small amounts of space. So they'll either be tucked together uh, or there'll be purposeful expansion land left. But I would imagine they're probably more likely to be, to be tucked together. Yeah. Now, there was also rumours quite a few years ago now, actually, of a hotel um, being created for the studios the, the rumours have kind of resurfaced again now kind of focusing on Star Wars potentially again on the concept art we've got yeah, some so paving that goes down uh, that... to the right hand side sorry no it's okay um, and it could be potentially a hotel maybe um, there is some plans I know of some hotel space on the Disney Village site not the Disney Village site the uh, Manda Valley uh, which is obviously part of the Disney complex um, be interesting if that did happen eventually, or would you have? Do you feel it would be part of the two billion plan, or would that be something that would be an expansion at a later date? Uh, knowing that they do have a Star Wars, well, a very expensive Star Wars hotel coming soon. Yeah, sorry to have interrupted you there. The sound cut out. I thought you'd stop talking. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine it can't really fit into the two billion. There's, I mean, there's a lot that's got to got to be spent to make this picture into reality uh, with with two billion dollars but then again you have to think you know if you've got um you know that the amount of hotels they currently have serves one and a tiny bit parks well if you've got two massive full day parks they're probably going to be looking to think about 
expanding the amount of hotels relatively soon, and I, w- I would think that would be on the list. Um, the only thing would be, of course, that's, that could possibly end up then quite set... Well, wouldn't really be part of Disney Village, um, and it would be unfortunate to have a hotel that would be all the way off on its own um, in the sort of Mar Navalet district rather than... Yeah. Uh, rather than the sort of the, the Disney hub that they've built. Yeah, you would have to you would have to walk through the park, wouldn't you, to get to Disney Village? Really, it would be a, quite a long trek around the Ring Road if you did want to go and like taste some of the nightlife. Especially as the uh, park does seem to close early at the moment. Um, I w- actually speaking of that, I wonder if any of these changes would mean the park staying open later. So people get more money's worth, or uh, maybe if it brings in more people and there's more scope for it to be open at a later date or a later time. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we, we think there's sort of expansion land being left, and who wouldn't who wouldn't love things like a Star Wars hotel? Oh, definitely. Um, speaking of number of attractions, and are we, are we talking maybe one attraction, one major attraction here, and another attraction being just the land itself and the architecture and the theming? Um, or do you feel like there's any scope for any other attractions built into this land at all? Um, I mean, why not? I, mean, I, I, I think it would be odd to build a large land and only have one attraction per se in it. Whether you get the one sort of one e-ticket and then a sort of smaller attraction possibly but then also you've got to remember that disney make a hell of a lot of money from merchandising um star wars merchandising in particular so i would imagine we'll get a sort of moss icy cantina where they'll uh, they'll sell us overpriced blue milkshake and green <laughs> burgers or whatever um and a, an awful lot of gift shops there so Ratatouille, Plaster Remy, that's officially a kind of a land, isn't it? That's officially a land, and that's only got one attraction, one shop, one restaurant. Yeah. Is that it's the a, ca- it's is officially that... a land. I mm. I get the feeling that Star Wars Land's going to be bigger than that, though. But maybe that, I'm wrong. That's what we want to see, though, isn't it? I yeah, I feel like since they've they've made such a big deal of it, and given that what it looks like is going to be built in both California and Florida, they both look very comprehensive. So, I, yeah, would would be surprised if you only end up with literally just the one attraction. But then again, um, the cost of those is about a billion each. So I don't think you'd be able to spend half of this entire budget just on Star Wars Land and still be able to entirely remake Backlot, build a lake, and a Frozen Land. Yeah, I, that's, just, that's, I, so I when... don't think that's plausible. Yeah, when you do the maths, you kind of do feel maybe it's just going to be each land's going to have, well, especially with Marvel, sorry, um, Star Wars and Frozen, one attraction, make I, the theming amazing. I yeah. suppose if the scope for if the scope for expansion, if it if it was on the scale as the as the concept art shows, is even though it's probably not going to be that, but if it was and there's expansion pads around both of these lands, and obviously yeah. um, it could be built into it for future proofing. There could be uh, extra little walkways tapped into through walls or buildings which won't be there when it initially opens but it could easily be extend, extended with newer attractions as more and more investment is brought into the parks yeah I'd expect sort of one big attraction in each of these lands and to be perfectly honest it's probable that Rock and Roller Coaster, the new Iron Man and Avengers Coaster will be that big attraction in the Marvel land but I'd expect one big attraction in each of the lands 
and then probably a sort of supporting attraction and then some eateries and shops as well. Yeah. And of course, meet and greets. Let's not forget meet and greets. Uh, big deal to, to the Disney community. It is. And there's a difference between the Disney parks in America and in Paris as well. And if they're, if they're investing this much money in Paris, which is uh, from one big project, is probably their biggest investment that they're going to make into a park uh, from, uh, from our point of view. People who have been to America come back with hundreds more photographs. I know they're there for probably two weeks rather than just like five days. But the amount of characters that you can meet... Um, just thinking of the Star Wars world, we we only managed to meet Darth Vader, and if you're lucky, you can meet the stormtroopers as you're walking around if they're uh, willing to t- come and talk to you and get a photo. But you can meet uh, BB-8, you can meet Kylo Ren, you can meet uh, who else can you meet? You can meet um, who else? Chewbacca. Chewbacca, sorry, that's right. Uh, R2D2, C3PO. Everybody, the, the list is endless. Now, obviously, we're not going to get that. I don't think we're going to get that all the time. Maybe it could be on a rotation uh, basis where there is a, a couple of set points in the land and you can kind of queue up to meet them. Uh, but I feel the Darth Vader one in Discoveryland works quite well where it is in its meet and greet building, like Meet Mickey. Um, so that could be kind of built into it. Um, it definitely is a must, especially if they can uh, guarantee there's a photo pass photographer there. Yeah, and I, I would... Given that these three new lands are all based on uh, film franchises, I mean, the idea of not putting meet and greets in would would just be insane. Also, I mean, I know you've got to you've got to pay labour costs for um, for what would you call them actors that do the meet and greets? I don't know, um, but surely that's cheaper than an attraction, but still incredibly popular. So it's, it would seem like a no brainer to me. So. We haven't mentioned we mentioned projection mapping right at the start of this episode, and this is probably something that most people will go, oh, "Why did we just say that?" But that the facade there, obviously, is just the concept art. We met, if we said if we had a drink for every time we mentioned the word concept art, you'd probably be drunk already. But projection mapping. Now we've seen the Star Wars uh, Galactic Celebration on the Tower of Terror. Could something similar happen? Uh, could they have different themed evenings? or different periods of the year dedicated to Star Wars where there isn't a nighttime show in uh, the Frozen Land, for example, but before the main lake show, there's some kind of nice spectacular that happens on the facades of the buildings and the rock work um, in our Star Wars universe. Oh, that'd be really cool, wouldn't it? I'm not sure you'd even need a, an actual sort of show, like a spectacular for it, I think. I mean, we're expecting Galaxy's Edge to have this sort of... Uh, rocky rocky border around it that should probably be really tall particularly if if this content has anything to go by so ah oh, it'd be so cool to have uh, have something projected on that you know just uh, spacey stuff you know stars nebulae spaceships flying in and out just something something that would uh, would add a bit of bit of vibrancy to it would be really cool yeah and we've mentioned before the projection mapping really should be something that adds an extra dimension to something where it maybe didn't have that. Um, so if they're not going to have any mechanical moving parts on the set or the theming, which I can imagine they will have in certain places, and the lighting would be really good, especially at night time. Um, we've just mentioned before loads of different podcasts, just the extra layer, um, the shadows of some characters, if if there's any place where like characters would walk uh, in the land or up above, high up above a building or something like that, or if there's a window uh, to a building that 
we're not going to really get to see or not, it's not going to be a real place that people would walk around just an extra shadow or silhouette in the window walking past maybe similar to that screen that they've got in Star Tours um, where they've got a lot of different characters from the Star Wars franchise moving in and out uh, through the window uh, of the checking from Star Tours now in the new version um, just adds an extra dimension definitely is there anything in particular that you're that you're eyeing for there Andrew Mm, not really. Um, it could be fear. They could have. It could be random as well. I think the, the, for me, the element would be random. Like we mentioned before, about at the start of the podcast about Easter eggs and having lots of different little elements added and dotted around. It'd be great to see what the Imagineers do with it, and that would be a nice little touch, wouldn't it? Just every now and then, just see a different part of the Star Wars story. Or um, now again, is Galaxy's Edge based on a certain period of the Star Wars universe? Um, I do like it, like same with Marvel. I'm, I really do enjoy Star Wars. Um, I'm not such a geek on it, so I don't know the, all the storyline uh, inside out. Um, is it a certain time period? Is it a certain like part of the story arc? Is the like, um, or, or can it be mashed together? Would we see a mashup of different characters from different eras? I'm not sure. I'd imagine it'd probably be a bit of a mashup. Uh, the concept art though has a black X-wing in it, um, which is uh, very very new trilogy so if that's anything to go by it'll be uh, something from the new trilogy so Galaxy's Edge is set in a newly invented planet called Batu. Um, looks a lot like a sort of rocky uh, Tatooine from the architecture yeah but that's again that's about all we know so anything to blank canvas really exactly exactly um, just feeling because obviously if you have if you have physical sets then it's, it is a lot harder to update, and as Disneyland Paris has uh, seen over the years, once it's there, it can stay there for quite a long time. So you don't want to put anything physical that's going to be dated or could be uh, out of date quite quickly. So by having the technology available, obviously it would need to be hidden correctly. You don't want a really big mound in front of a lake, or you don't want a really big ugly projection tower building uh, opposite the Hollywood Tower of Hut. Like, opposite the uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel um, but if they can hide projections uh, even if it's not mapping not, not mapping the whole um, the facade of the uh, the land just little elements just maybe um, the glow of a, a flame or something like that in a crevice of a cave or just them kind of things just to add a little bit extra to the uh, the whole land definitely that, just that imagine a little bit of life yeah now, completely opposite, as you keep walking around the path, past loads of different palm trees. Now, I didn't notice this initially. Before you get to the frozen land, uh, I think it was Disney Brit, um, Adam Goodyear on the Disney Brit podcast, uh, when they broadcast the other day, mentioned it looks like there's some kind of, again, concept art, could just be a blur. You could have smudged the paintwork by accident. Uh, but it looks like some kind of stadium seating or some kind of, like there's people congregated anyway, that's what it looks like. Possibly. Can you yeah. see what I'm talking about there? Uh, do you mean the sort of there's sort of some little blue, pink, yellow dots? Yeah. Yeah. That I actually thought that looked slightly like stadium seating, but very, very difficult to say. And I don't know how it would fit in unless there's some kind of I don't know fro- Disney on Ice Frozen show or um, some kind of outdoor spectacular that could happen. Uh, given France's climate and the weather, especially of the last few months when we had snow, uh, when I was there it was snowing, then it was really, really cold and dry, then it was really, really wet, then it was really, really sunny and hot, all in the space of five days. So it'd be a bit um, 
not, not crazy of them, but it'd be a bit brave to put some kind of outdoor show or stadium showing, uh, especially when they could theme it and put something inside. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Nothing's been mentioned. Obviously, I, it's it's quite I new. I think it would be surprising, given that when the park originally opened in, as it, the resort originally opened, um, there was a lot more open open air theatres, and they've slowly been being closed off. I mean, I, I think they're going to totally enclose the chaparral soon. Yeah. So I would I would be surprised if they then decide, oh, let's build a new open air one. When um, they've, I think over the past 25 years learned that open air in France not the best idea slightly before though so if we've not quite walked as far as that bit of stadium there's also there's another little path just after the Star Wars land that seems to lead off and then it looks like something's been removed maybe yeah there is something that's been drawn there Looks like someone's gone. Ah, oh, okay. We'll put some purple over that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into that. But it definitely looks like there was a path going off somewhere, um, and it does. It does kind of look a bit like something's been removed. Um, but maybe I'm thinking too much about that. I've no idea what on earth might be there. Maybe, maybe he had originally put Galaxy's Edge there and then decided to shimmy it over a little bit. Copy and paste. Yeah, and then just oh, cool. We'll make that purple then. If you squint, um, if you squint your eyes and look and tilt your head a little bit, I can see some shape of the Millennium Falcon. You know, <laughs> just with that bit that goes down the path. <laughs> just if you squint your eyes, tilt your head to the right a little bit. Just close your eyes entirely and imagine a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> That's where it could be. It could have crash landed on its side. <laughs> it was so close to make it to Star Wars land, but it didn't didn't quite get there. Or maybe it was trying to land in the stadium that we've just mentioned, and that was going to be part of the show. Mm. Terrible, accident. <laughs> Terrible accident. So yeah, we've got the uh, Arundel. How, how do we pronounce it? I keep saying it wrong. I keep saying it differently every time on Frozen Land. Yeah, so I mean, they've just said so far that all of these are lands based on X property. We have to imagine this one's going to be called Arundel, though. I guess Arundel, yeah. Arundel, that's what it should be. That's what it's a town, isn't it? The only thing is that the castle in Frozen's kind of on its own little, like it's kind of on a lake, isn't it? And I know there's a, yeah, I know there's, there's water sort of going, to it. I know there's water going to the side, but it, in my head, I can imagine it. I can remember it being kind of totally on the water. This castle. Uh, whether this yeah. one is is this one depicting the ice castle or uh, El, um, I've got all the names in them now. Elsa's ice castle, or is that the one that's in the the mountains? Uh, come on, I haven't watched Frozen for a while. Oh, Frozen's a great film, Andrew. You're missing out. Come on, get back to it. I mean, yeah, I think what's most striking about this is not on the right hand side. Obviously, you've got you've got the castle of Arendelle, which you're right. I, if they were going to go true to the book, which it looks like they're going to do in Tokyo and Hong Kong, then that'll be off on its own sort of little island with a bridge to it. But maybe, maybe not here. But what's most striking is the massive North Mountain with with Elsa's Ice Palace in it. I mean, I really hope they got a town on making that the same scale that it looks like it's going to be. Because that would be such a stunning weenie for a park, wouldn't it? Walking down that boulevard, you've got a lake, and then at the back of the lake, massive mountain with an ice palace. A bit like um, in Animal Kingdom where you can look across the lake and see see the Everest mountain range there. Yeah. That's that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from this. And wow, wouldn't that be stunning? With, in front of it, you know, sort of beautiful little Norwegian houses. 
Sounds so, amazing, doesn't it? It does. Now, I'll be thinking that these little houses are going to kind of have different stalls in there and uh, little places to eat and buy snacks. Uh, are we also thinking that the uh, the big mountain's going to incorporate some kind of e-ticket attraction? That's kind of where it looks like it's going to be, not hidden away, but that's where it's going to be, isn't it? Yeah, quite possibly. So uh, we don't have much to go off here. This, in terms of concept art, looks most similar to uh, what Hong Kong is getting, because that also has a North Mountain, has uh, has sort of Arendelle Castle and a little bit of a village area. Though again, look look those up, they're all sort of slightly different, which is good, because that probably means that everything's going to be slightly unique. I would imagine that if they're going to build the castle, there'd be some reason to go over there, probably an attraction. Um, but then, say, uh, in the only current frozen attraction that exists which is in Epcot um, that obviously took on took the bones of the Maelstrom attraction that was previously there that attraction is obviously in one of the little Norwegian houses so whether they'd stick with that style or of course now that they have a blank canvas whether they'd rather have a more a more grand entrance to a ride yeah no I, I would love especially if you've got obviously it's going to be false perspective uh, and you're going to have um it's not going to be as big a scale as you feel when you're looking at it from the ground level, the uh, the, the castle on the uh, the ice castle on the hill or the mountain. Just imagine a dark ride in there. It'd be so cool, wouldn't especially it? What, when what you've got you've got all the ice. Would you like? Ooh, I don't know. Well, the the dark light, the the um, oh, I can think of the word now. It's not neon. What is it? The dark light. It's quite dark light, don't it? Black light. Black um, light. What do you think? Black of? light. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. But they cool, haven't cool. We got it. <laughs> so yeah, the the black light, the the black light effect, you can do so much with it. Now when we've been researching for our what what should have been our next podcast, the Peter Pan, uh, Peter Pan's <laughs> flight attraction podcast, uh, I have got all the notes ready for that one, so it should be coming very soon. Um, they can do so much with it. They can uh, they can paint and do so many different things with the dark light. That just imagine. They've got the haven't they got that technology as well in Pandora from the uh, rivers of uh, the Navi, the Navi, river uh, was it rivers? Um, oh, here we go. Navi River Journey. Journey, yeah. But just imagine being able to. Maybe it doesn't have to be a boat. Maybe it could be kind of semi semi roller coaster type attraction uh, where you do go through different scenes of the uh, Frozen franchise. Um, but just if if it's a nice palace, then obviously the ice can be see through. So just imagine being Whoa. able to see through the blue ice. Looking down onto the little village of Allendale and all the little peasants as they look up in awe <laughs> at the big ice palace. I mean, that would be really stunning, wouldn't it? I mean, my I especially know, at night time. I've got no grounding for saying this, but amazing would be using the ride system of the uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train that they've got. Ah, uh, um, yes. In Florida, some sort of um, you know icy mine train. That you know slows down, and you've got dark ride segments in it. Nothing too intense, not a rock and roller coaster sort of thing, but just a sort of family, family roller coaster dark ride sort of hybrid, a bit like with Seven Dwarfs, would be really, really cool in that mountain, wouldn't it? It would be. Again, I'm, I can just picture it now: the castle, kind of at night time, the mountain all lit up, but the castle, the the, the ice castle at the top, all blue and sparkly mm. and glowing, and so even at, like. Every Disney park comes alive even more at night time, and I can, I'm just so excited to see what happens with that when it comes imagine, to life. I mean, if that if they actually do use translucent materials in there as well, uh, imagine that during a sunset. Oh. 
or sunrise as well if you're like feeling really keen but <laughs> mainly during a sunset it would be absolutely beautiful so to be honest we're, we're painting this picture now if this if that doesn't happen I'd be really really disappointed just imagine if you turn up and it is just painted blue yeah. <laughs> Obviously, just, the light, the lighting would be They've fine. Not build a mountain there. It's just, yeah, it's just, just a, a bit of cardboard. Two D. Yeah. It's take... got a lick of paint on it. They've taken all the flats from all the rest of the studios that they've demolished, and they've <laughs> just put it up together, painted over it. Bob's your uncle. That's it. Well, they've just taken Catastrophe Canyon, and oh, then they've just removed imagine. the oil tower, and they've just shoved it at ice ice palace there. And every so many minutes, a blood of water just comes falling down and swamps the uh, town. <laughs> yeah, it's like a swimming attraction, isn't it? Well, everybody did talk about wanting a water park. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. You just never we know where it's it. going to happen. You just never know where it's going to happen. Yeah. And obviously, if Elsa's there, she'll stop it from happening because she'll freeze the water on its way down. Ooh, oh, this is, this, is, this is getting big now, Andrew. And if she's on Stars on Parade next door in the other park... Then she's not there to save the people, and it just all flows into the lake. Yeah, and you just get pushed in. It's like a, like a <laughs> like a massive wave pool. Yeah, that's why really the serious scale. That's why the boat's there. The boat isn't there as transport or a track. <laughs> it's just there to pick people up. All right, get out of the lake. You've had your fun. <laughs> um, obviously, if you're an Infinity Pass holder, uh, you get to pick, get pushed in first. Oh yeah. Quite right. You can pay extra to be stood by the lake when the when the water hits you. VIP pushing off the edge of the lake area. <laughs> anyway. <so> cynical. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what we what we should say, of course, going going away from um, our, our own speculations, what we'd really like to see. Um, what we are much more likely to see, uh, and this is based on uh, what's going on in Hong Kong and Tokyo, yep. um, is a version of the. I think it's called Frozen Ever After. Frozen Ever the After, yeah. Dark ride that has replaced Maelstrom. Um, so that's it. Well, it's a boat ride that basically tells the story of Frozen, pretty much. It's a slightly different story. You go and visit Icer in a, in, a, in her ice palace, uh, but it basically you go through all the different songs uh, of the film. Um, now, of course, that original attraction was just a new overlay on an existing one. So I would imagine they would they would be planning on entirely redoing that so that they can reorder the scenes put the drops in the right place um there's a moment where say uh the the boat turns around and then goes backwards which is in a bit of a weird place in the floridian one because obviously it was not designed for um for that frozen sequence so yeah i think we can probably expect a a dark ride a boat ride but probably not quite the same as the one in florida We've got no details about what on earth is going on in uh, Hong Kong or Tokyo. Um, Tokyo, I'm not sure, has even been quite given the green light yet. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But we should probably expect a boat ride there. Yeah. The um, Just imagine if the uh, the penultimate scene of the dark ride, or even any time or any place in the land, is Marshmallow, the big giant snow um, creature, climbing, like King Kong, climbing up the tower of uh, the uh, the castle which has got its own little river next to it. I can see some kind of big blob on one of the spires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that Marshmallow? Don't don't have too many dreams. You know what happened when they tried to build a Yeti and Expedition Everest. Oh, it's that, never yeah, that's true. They've never fixed it. Maybe it is just a blob of Marshmallow that the designer accidentally dropped. Then he just... 
he forgot that he was using the graphics tablet and coloured over it, and there we go. Oh, anyway, you can tell you can tell it's getting late, and I've had a full day of snow, no school because of the snow. I'm starting to go crazy. For you, for <laughs> you. Um, let's move on. Keep going round. On first glance, when you look at a really poor version of this concept art, you kind of think, well, there's just a lot of path there, nothing else happening. But if you zoom in, uh, and this men- this was mentioned in the press release, which we haven't read out, but you can visit it on uh, many, many websites. It's also on the uh, Disneyland Paris press website as well. Uh, but it's the parade. So it's been a while now since, um, was it Cars? No, Stars? What was it? Well, I can't remember the parade now of Walt Disney Studios. I should have noted this down a lot more. Um, you can tell we rushed this one. Cars <laughs> on Stars Parade, Stars on... No, Stars, stars on Parade is a new one. Cars in Stars? Who knows? Some some people in a car. Um, <laughs> but since then, we haven't had really a, a parade in the Walt Disney Studios, but now the paving around the lake looks like it's a route for a really new parade. Um, a big red blob, followed by an orange blob, followed by a really big square with some spinny things on the top, um, and some other squarey things. Is it going to be hard to theme a parade? Um, is the is the area around the lake going to have its own theme? Obviously, if we kind of uh, stick with the idea that all these lands are going to be quite close together, really, um, even though they're not on the concept art. Uh, are you want? Are you going to want a Toy Story parade going past Galaxy's Edge? Are you then going to want um, stormtroopers marching past the uh, Frozen Castle? No, it'd probably be a bit awkward, but I think I think they'll have to they'll have to deal with it. It doesn't look like the lake itself is going to get any theming, but of course, I I think we're going to expect particularly things like Arendelle to have the theming come right down uh, to the front of the lake. So. Then once these sort of large green expansion areas get new lands in them, I think then we'll end up with a fully themed lake with all the the different the different themes around it. I mean, that's basically what they've done with the World Showcase at Epcot, which is the nearest the nearest kind of thing we have. So I, th- I think that should be our expectation. I mean, obviously Epcot's had some amazing parades in its time um, that go through that go through the different the different uh, countries of the world. Uh, and they, they've always been stunning, so uh, I, I don't know. It might be quite fun to have um, stormtroopers invade the uh, the castle at Arendelle. Who knows? Stormtroopers invading a castle. Just him. <laughs> there we go. I'd definitely, I would buy an annual pass and get an infinity viewing area just for that. <laughs> Season of the Force, Andrew. Well, it, yeah. Every every land will join up, will join forces, and become either the dark side or the light side. There we go, that's the future season already sorted. This is good, we're good at this. But yeah, people are speculating again, are we going to have viewing areas around the lake for some kind of nighttime show? Are they going to be... Is it going to be safe enough for people to stand on the edge of the lake to watch the parade? Obviously, concept art again, we mentioned it again and again and again. It's not going to be the way it is on these plans, but these are things that surely they will be thinking about. Um... How cool would it be though if there was some kind of parade and characters around the lake as the nighttime uh, show or entertainment was happening? Um, there is fountains on this picture, so there's obviously going to be some kind of fountains during the day, um, maybe incorporated into some big water screens at night. It's going to be such a great place to be, isn't it, in the evening? Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the big thing that the Studios Park has been lacking—a hub. 
um, with some atmosphere, with some central gravity to it, um, and some great vistas. And it looks like this is this is what we're getting. I mean, whether whether that's going to be a nighttime spectacular on the lake, whether that's going to be a parade, um, does does look like there's some viewpoints here. Um, you know, say on the on the right hand side by the um, by the sort of maybe parade floats does look like there's a bit that sticks out um, that could be a, a viewing point. So, yeah, only time will tell. But certainly, I mean, that's you know all of uh, the lake at the World Showcase at Epcot is is usable to to stand on the edge and uh, and watch the spectaculars that they've had there. So, why not here? Now, would it be like in uh, Disneyland Park where they kind of rope off certain bits of the lands at certain times? Are we going to have one? Are we going to have one place to view it from? I know you said you're viewing around the lake, um, but are we going to have it like a front and a back? So you have to be at the front of the lake to view this. Or do you, could it, could there possibly be the technology? To, well, there is the technology. Would they incorporate some kind of 360 show so you could be all around the lake and maybe something happens in the middle on a on a big platform, or maybe going to have just if it's just going to be fireworks and um, projections onto. Um, like big screen water screens could that be something that we kind of see as a 360 show rather than just like one traditional uh, vantage point and one stage so to speak I'd hope it would be a sort of 360 all around kind of experience now I can't remember how it works in Epcot on the World Showcase um, but I'm fairly certain you can sort of watch it from from anywhere um, I think it well I mean I was last there a long time ago and I think the show that they had then was mainly you'd watch from the sort of the far side of the lake, so say where Arendelle would be in this in this image. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they're Imagineers; they're meant to be able to do anything, right? <laughs> of give course, them a, they give can. them a give them a difficult task, I reckon. There's no point in going for something they've done before; they might as well go the next step, That's make exactly. it three sixty. So um, we've kind of covered. I don't think there's anything else we haven't covered on that map now, is there? The concept art. Lots of nice old buildings from uh, Manla Valley in the background. Lots of green. Just all show buildings. There's nothing else that we uh, haven't covered, is there? Um, have a look, but I, uh, I think it looks like we've covered everything. Everything's there. Um, kind of leaves us on it. Is there anything else? We will. To be honest, the only place we need to talk about now is any future expansions. Uh, we've mentioned Star Wars Hotel potentially. Uh, there's no reason why, if, if we've got ideas for the Star Wars Hotel, there's no reason why they couldn't potentially go with a frozen hotel. Um, I don't know if you'd want the park to become uh, or the lands to become a hotel attraction and restaurant and shopping. Would that be too much? Kind of putting it all in one place. Probably would, wouldn't it? You don't really want. Sometimes it's nice to kind of walk out of the parks at night and go into your Disney-themed hotel. Um, it would be quite cool to stay in like a frozen hotel, as well as the Star Wars one. Certainly would, certainly would. Um, I mean, t- I mean, it looks like we've got quite a few expansions here. I mean, I've read that there's sort of two major expansion points, which I guess would be between Star Wars and Frozen, and then to the right-hand side of Frozen, and then a sort of smaller expansion behind. Tower of Terror, but again, you know, can't confirm any of that. Um, anyway, it, it, if this concept has anything to go by, there's quite a lot of space to expand. Something like a Cars Land would be really cool. Oh yeah, I'm very jealous of Cars Land. Looks. I cool. would love that one. 
I think I'm to be honest, I'm more jealous of what just what it looks like at night time. It's I think gorgeous, isn't it? We've kind of gathered from this, and I've just kind of realised myself that during the day, yeah, looks really, really nice, but at night time, that's when I want to see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think I've put on my list of potential expansions in the future, um, Moana. Oh, yeah. Especially when you've got the lake. Now, if they can mm-hmm. do something similar to the front of the lake like they are with the frozen land, just imagine, obviously, it's a lot of water on there, so there could be some kind of boatage area for for Moana and she's sailing off um, and I wouldn't I don't know whether it would be more of an indoor attraction or maybe have to be some kind of simulator so you can be on the water or whatever um, I don't know but just I think Moana is one where that the music and the characters uh, everyone seems to still really love Moana yeah so what would you think like a like a big volcano or something as a weenie well, it's, it, it doesn't seem like the Imagineers have an issue with having lots of different high, um, like mountainous, rocky reed, like areas. And obviously, Galaxy's Edge or the Star Wars Land is going to have its own like rockery, obviously on a bigger scale than a little garden rockery. But it's going to have <laughs> some kind of rockery area. Um, and then obviously, you've got the mountain, uh, the mountainous area of the uh, Frozen Land. So I don't see why they couldn't have a volcano area uh, off on one another side. Um, there would be some kind of Disney Ring of Fire, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> to go back with my geography. I think that's all I remember from my geography days. Um, but yeah, it'd be like some kind of Ring of Fire. That would kind of finish it off nicely, wouldn't it, as well? It would balance the park out. If if it is uh, going to be spaced out similar to this with Star Wars on the left, uh, Frozen in the middle, and then a space on the right-hand side, then it would kind of lend itself, wouldn't it? Um, either the, uh, the hills in cars, when you've got all the different... Um, the Rocky Mount. Well, is it what, what, what mountains is it? Ah, well, it's obviously a fake Cars Land, isn't it? But you've got all the like, canyons, haven't you? Yeah, the sort of Grand canyons. Canyon, yeah, Utah sort of style. So that would kind of balance it out quite nicely. Or you could have the volcano um, of uh, Moana and the little villages and stuff down there as well. I think it would just add to add to it. Um, while we're while we're um, not quite moved away from the concept art yet. Again, probably thinking too far into this. In the area where you've got the potential parade throats, it looks like yep. there's some sort of raised path areas yep. behind that. So maybe there would be the place where you'd have people sort of stand, congregate to watch, I don't know, maybe a nighttime spectacular, or maybe that's a sort of um, just outside path-based sort of stadium-ish area where you could do something in a sort of... You know, not you know, it's not explicitly a stadium, but that you could sort of rope off bits and turn it into a sort of outdoor arena for certain things during summer, perhaps. Um, just just looks like those sort of back paths are, are slightly raised. I mean, it could just be that they're just shoving some paths in there for now, but maybe <laughs> maybe there's something else going on there. Yeah, but why not? Obviously, natural what exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, natural amphitheater style. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. It's kind of like the castle stage, isn't it? That's kind of seating yeah. area, kind of. Um, it, but again, you can use it for anything. It could potentially. I know it's the side of the castle, but they could have used it for something on the castle. They've got the stage next to it. They're obviously there as well. So yeah, potentially that could be. Uh, it obviously looks like there's going to be plans to some, for something to be shown there. Um, we do need different entertainment areas and venues, and uh, it'd be a nice place to put one. Um, so let's move on. This is the time where, probably apart from talking about the future and our going off on our own crazy ideas, 
talking about the listener opinions. Um, we've only had a couple of days um, notice on this one and shared uh, our request for information. And we've got quite a lot of information, actually. We're pretty pleased with the information and the re- response we got, especially seeing as though it's only a couple of days since we asked for it. Uh, I'm going to go with Twitter first. Um, so we've got some tweets. I'm going to go with the first one and we'll take it in order. And I haven't planned this. I have no idea if there's any long ones coming up. Uh, so if there is, Simon, I apologise. Um, so yeah, KG, who is K8G5B on Twitter, he said uh, his feedback, I don't care for Star Wars or Marvel lands, but the Frozen land sounds like it will have the old school Disneyland Paris magic. The news is great for DLP. Jesus, news... And I'll let say that bit again. <laughs> I merged two tweets together. Then <laughs> the news is great for DLP. Jesus, news and magical DLP pod. Christmas is here. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it either. To be quite honest, this is interesting because um, I remember I, I put out a little tweet before we started, uh, trying to see what people are excited about. And Alan um, at Cafe Fantasia did a very sort of similar thing with. You know what? What's the aspect that's exciting people the most? And I, you know, bizarrely, I maybe bizarrely, maybe not. Actually, it's not really Star Wars or Marvel that's seeming to attract people. It does seem to be Frozen and the lake. There's something about a lake with a sort of vista, a weenie, and sort of areas to explore, and that kind of fairy tale aspect of Frozen that seems to be really making people hark back to a more sort of traditional Disneyland kind of vibe. You know, yeah. that kind of atmosphere rather than particular franchises or particular attractions that really makes Disneyland so special rather than any other theme park that has great attractions in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm getting the feeling that uh, that Cagey's got quite a popular opinion there and that Star Wars Land, yeah, cool. Marvel Land, yeah, cool. But actually it's it's Frozen that's that's really got that, that extra bit going for it. So yeah, I think my initial reaction, I think I voted on Alan's um, poll, my initial reaction was Star Wars, um, but then after reading a lot of people's feedback and listening to you, then I, I do get what you're saying. Uh, it does feel a lot more, in their quotations, Disneyland Paris or Disney Parks, doesn't it? Mm. To go with the big, um, like the lake and the uh, the mountainous area. And just, I don't know, you can probably do so much more with it as well, because Star Wars, there's been so much... Um, and the, the fans of the the franchise, Marvel and Star Wars, they're so like not strict, but they do follow. They like to follow everything, and they know everything about it. And if anything's out of place, I can imagine it's quite going to be quite a hard job to get it perfect for the hardcore fans. When you're looking at the Star Wars and the Marvel experiences, um, obviously Frozen is based on the CGI, um, so there's a little bit more. I don't know if maybe freedom because obviously not every angle's covered, and it's because it's CGI and three D. Maybe it's easier to a bit have a bit more artistic license, maybe, and make it a bit more magical. And obviously, a lot of people do associate Disney with magic, um, and I can imagine fr- Frozen when you look when you walk into the park and you see that magical mountain, uh, the Frozen Castle as well. That's going to be a bit of a magical wow moment, isn't it? I should think so. I mean. I- with Star Wars, you only need to look at the launch of the latest film uh, to see that you can kind of get bits wrong. That's had sort of mixed reactions. Some people have really loved it. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit meh. Um, but, you know, that's that was a great example of them sort of uh, not quite taking the story and not quite portraying Star Wars in a way that a lot of people wanted them to. 
um, and has thus got a bit of a bad reaction. I'm, I was reading reports that apparently they're expecting the Han Solo film to absolutely bomb. So, yeah, uh, I, I think there's possibly also a bit of apathy coming for things like Star Wars at the minute. Yeah. Um, do you want to go on to Stephen's tweet? Yes. So on your short a, one. No, yeah, nice short one there from Stephen, which is at uh, Stephen Drabwell. Is it April 1st or are we seriously getting a WDS expansion and a magical DLP podcast in the same week? And then many love heart emoji smiley faces. Again, it's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely wild. We'll get a Peter Pan one out soon as well. We've yeah, somebody probably will pinch. We'll, we'll, if we have to keep pinching ourselves, don't you? Just to make sure you're not in a dream because we've been kind of wishing this for a long, long time. If anything, it's give us a lot of content on Twitter to talk about. Or oh, we could do this, we could do that, we could do that. Obviously, we've still got a few more years of that to happen. But once it's all happened, where do we go from here? What do we talk about? I think we just enjoy it, to be honest, Andrew. This this sounds amazing, what we're going to get. I'm we're so not excited. Disneyland Paris fans are programmed to enjoy that kind of thing. Come on. We'll have to think of something. <laughs> yeah, this talk. is true. We always, always want the next thing. <laughs> so let's go on to the next one. Um, DLP Celebration, at DLP Celebration. For me, it's the best news in years regarding Disneyland Paris. These extensions will finally turn the Disney Studios Park into a full-day experience, fixing the bad layout of the park, and finally bring fresh new attractions to the park. At least the Walt Disney Company got confidence in Disneyland Paris and pushes it to the same level than their, that of their other parks, although it'll take quite a while. I'm most looking forward to the new lake and its possibilities for nighttime time entertainment. Are they going to spend millions of pounds on fireworks? Um, well, uh, so the other rumours that we're hearing at the minute is that uh, Illuminations could be uh, seasonally retired um, for the for the low seasons and replaced by some sort of nighttime entertainment on the lake at Lake Disney, basically so that they can shut the parks earlier. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, maybe there won't be any nighttime entertainment to start with, or maybe there will be for the first year and then it'll disappear or something. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, it will obviously depend on guest numbers. If they have enough people coming in, paying money, then I'm sure they'll be more than happy to spend on fireworks. Um, but yes, projection mapping, cheap. Fireworks, very expensive. Very, very. Although they have invented, haven't, didn't Disney invent the air-powered fireworks? So like it's compressed air rather than the um, traditional gunpowder what's that called explosive <laughs> obviously the there's the yeah there's the um there's a the nice sparkly bits inside but the, it is a little bit cheaper now seeing that they can and also a bit more they can be a bit more technical and a bit more precise as well because of the like air power in there um i've, I've heard about obviously we heard about the uh, rumor of them taking the uh the, the show away from um disneyland park the illumination show but then a lot of people are feeling that this lake is what the lake the lake they were talking about um, so that again no, no one's sure but some people are thinking that it won't be in either park and it'll be in the Disney Village but then why would you want to put something in Disney Village when you've got this massive lake which is hopefully four or five times the size of uh, Lake Disney um, so it, it's a bit of a weird one isn't it it's a good point I hadn't, I, I hadn't thought about it to be honest but yeah no um, we heard rumours saying that it would would go to a lake but yeah. we didn't know this lake was going to exist when, uh, when we heard the rumours Although in saying that, I mean, maybe this is part of financing it, that they've said, you know what, there's going to have to be some some cuts in the next few years. Um, uh, of course, we won't. We don't know when any of this is going to open, just it's going to start opening in 2020 and finish opening in 2025. So maybe in the meanwhile, 
during the low seasons that could still happen on Lake Disney or maybe this is all this is all the future for this new lake in Walt Disney Studios exciting now on to Cafe Fantasia again from at Cafe Fantasia um, thing I'm most excited about is the new frozen area with that huge north mountain rising above the kingdom of Arendelle it looks beautiful and I think it's great uh, it's great that this expansion finally addresses the issues outlined in the hashtag save Disneyland Paris petition five years ago uh, which if you haven't seen um, just have a look through uh, at Cafe Fantasia's Twitter feed um, there was a there was a genuine petition that happened uh, and uh, had to be fair some very similar ideas to what we've got coming so it was obviously all down to those guys it was indeed <laughs> uh, DLP Discovery how do people think of these uh, Twitter handles at DLP Discovery that's exactly what it does what it says on the tin just imagine how amazing it'll look when the lake freezes over for winter if only health and safety would would allow on a seasonal Disney on ice show on the lake <laughs> and, <laughs> I want to go ice skating on that lake <laughs> Yeah. And if, if it's anything, to, if it's anything like the lake that's uh, around uh, Big Thunder Mountain, that Thunder Mesa, then it's obviously only going to be a couple of inches thick, uh, deep anyway. So it's not that bad if you crack through the ice and go through the floor. Why not? Can't, I can't imagine it being super, super deep. Unless these boats are going to be uh, totally uh, free from any rails or any tracks, unlike the uh, rivers of the far west. Well, I mean, the lakes do tend to be somewhat smaller than you might imagine. So we can go for the paddle. Go for the paddle. Now, this next tweet uh, by Disney Goff, it was... Uh, he didn't actually tweet this directly to us, but I had to put it in here because it is my favourite tweet. One, isn't it? It's my favourite tweet of all time, actually, with regards to Disneyland Paris. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you the pleasure of reading this one out. And I'm going to enjoy this. <clears throat> hey... Every other park in the world. Suck on that! <laughs> now, initially, the reason why I let you say that one is because um, my family are just in the room next door. But obviously, <laughs> also, um, I really hope that in your really lovely apartment or your halls of residence, that at least one person has heard you shouting that and wonders yeah, well, what wonders what uh, you're talking uh, about. The walls in this house are not very thick. <laughs> um just maybe a normal Thursday night for Simon. We don't really know. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I don't either, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, suck on that. Every other park in the world, everybody is <laughs> probably wanting this kind of investment. This kind of uh, obviously, they've all all parks around the world now have had the, the different investment and the refurbishment and the redevelopment of different areas. But um, we're kind of getting everything. It seems to be we're getting lots of everything that different parks are getting around the world. We're kind of getting, obviously we're getting the Star Wars, now like all the American parks, we're getting the Frozen, which is what Japan um, are looking at possibly getting as well. Uh, we're getting a lot of Marvel, which will be the first, I believe, Marvel uh, land in the Disney parks around the world. So I think we're going to be the envy of uh, not only yeah, having I mean, the, the best castle and the best park, Disneyland Park, we're going to have the best of everything really, it seems, as an overall package. Well, I mean, we certainly hope so. We've obviously yet to yet to see what the details are. Uh, but you're quite right. There's no, there's no other. The one land that's not really actually kind of new because Backlot already exists, but the Marvel land will be the only land that is actually genuinely unique, really, because there there is no Marvel land anywhere else. Very so true. That's cool. 
very cool so definitely suck on that everybody else <laughs> um, Greg Maletic at Greg Maletic uh, he's from the Golden Horseshoe Review I don't know if you've listened to that podcast before Simon excellent uh, podcast excellent yeah. excellent podcast to be honest um, kind of inspired the way that I wanted to do this podcast really they normally focus on one kind of section or element at the time uh, we just waffle on for twice as long as they normally do about their um parks in america they're much more concise <laughs> and to the point and pacey than we are they definitely especially. are um but it was kind <laughs> of an inspiration uh to get this started because it kind of did just keep even though it was it, it or still is a lot more concise than what we are um, but just having that one element to focus on uh it did make it really really interesting anyway uh greg said uh first of all i think it's great and uh, people will love these free new lands um number two i'm a little sad that there is nothing just for paris nothing to make this park unique uh, a unique special place um there is kind of though isn't there if we're talking about just mentioned there about the marvel um but i guess i guess what he's saying is um frozen it's going to be coming and it is happening everywhere else well in japan um star wars is happening all over the place yeah um, i mean there, there is definitely the sad aspect that and i, and I definitely agree with this and I, other people have, have sent this in as well so i don't want to, uh, to sort of step on their toes too much um, but of course, Star Wars Land will be the third one because it's also going to be in both American resorts. Frozen, again, will basically be a third one. We're not sure what they're going to do in Tokyo, but it looks very similar to the one in Hong Kong. Um, so, yeah, there's, it currently looks like there's not going to be anything unique, which is a shame because, um, I, you know, I, I think particularly in a increasingly small world, I think resorts should should have things that make them unique. Um, but you look at, you know, all Disneyland parks are basically the same thing. They're all sort of versions of each other. So as long as they're not direct clones and that we have sort of subtly different things in them, you know, the same attractions, um, but done slightly differently, you know, no two Thunder Mountains are the same. No two parts of the Caribbean are totally identical. Um, so I don't think we should be overly concerned about that, but it is a little bit of a shame. And I mean, remember how excited we were when we got Ratatouille, totally unique attraction. We were we were over the moon about that. Of course, that's now being copied in Florida. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is definitely something to be said about uh, having having stuff that you know, it's the only place in the world where you could experience it. And if anything, uh, somebody like me, I've never been to America yet, and my next point of call, uh, now Noah's five, was to start saving up um, and possibly going in the next couple of years to America. Um, this could potentially keep my money in Europe. Um, obviously, there's still a lot more. You've got the five parks in Walt Disney World compared to the two that we have in uh, Paris. Um, so I would still, if I was a betting man, I would still say that I'd probably still uh, head to Fran- uh, America Sorry, uh, in a few years to uh, to experience that and the nice weather and some of the uh, thunderstorms. But um, it's definitely going to sway people's minds. If they can, you maybe add a couple of extra days to your trip. Um, maybe still, because the, the travel's a lot shorter, it probably will, hopefully will save you a bit of money as well, uh, even if it is still expensive. Um, so it could potentially grab a few people thinking, well, rather than going over to America to experience this Star Wars land, uh, it's only on, it's only down the road in France or across the water in France. So it could potentially have a positive effect by having some of the similar attractions or lands as they do over in different parks. Well, I mean, is that positive or is that Disney accidentally competing with itself? 
well, being biased, if I don't have to travel as far and spend less money, then I'm happy for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on a true. business on a business point of view, though, it could be saying it could be them kicking themselves or shooting themselves in the foot. Um, but maybe, like you're saying, every part of the Caribbean is slightly different. The Tower of Terrors now are different at the moment. Um, the, all the Disneyland parks have slightly different elements to them the way the layout is, um, but they're all based on the same concept, and that's kind of where we're going now with this park, so I think it's kind of the, it, well, it's definitely the Disney way at the moment, isn't it? It certainly is, yeah. They're, I mean, to be fair, they're, they're investing huge, huge amounts, the Walt Disney Company. I mean, you know, they've just built Shanghai Disneyland, which is colossal. Um, so the fact that they're now pumping $2 billion into Paris, you know, they've got Star Wars lands being built uh, for a billion each, uh, in Florida and in California, they're redoing a lot of Disney California Adventure again to build a Pixar, a sort of more dedicated Pixar area in it. They've got Toy Story Land being built in Florida. Um, Hong Kong Disneyland's getting a massive refurbishment. They're spending a lot of money. A lot of money indeed. Yeah, is it? Obviously, they're, they're quite cash rich, or they well, they're getting quite a lot of money coming in from the films and the different franchises. Are they kind of speculating and saying, "Well, we're doing quite well at the moment. We can, while we've got the surplus money, should we put it into the parks, uh, hoping that they then, after a while, once they've spent this initial outlay, they kind of keep bringing in a steady stream of income in case they do have a time where the franchises flop a little bit, uh, film-wise, because obviously the." The franchises, the merchandise, the IPs, the, they'll probably still, well, they will still bring in money uh, with people interested in visiting the theme parks from the films that have gone in the past. Um, even if maybe in the future the franchise, the film franchise side of things maybe won't bring in the billions that they are at the moment. Because obviously yeah. there's, there's always ups and downs, isn't there? And it's kind of, we're definitely in an up at the moment for the Disney company. Uh, but for if, like previously, maybe dec- a few decades ago, um, they kind of were in a bit of a, a decline weren't there really i think also there's they've i think now come to the reality that actually to get people into a theme park you have to you have to invest and that money does does come back with things like cars land the big you know the, the big changes at california adventure pandora very recently huge investments massive outlays of capital but are they seem to have done the job you know they're getting people through the door they're making more money the more people you get firstly to buy a ticket that's more people that are then going to be buying food at extortionate prices merchandise at extortionate prices like if you get people in the gate you've you're going to get a lot of money out of them potentially so i think they've also now moved to this model of big spend big reward also big change away from early 2000s when the studio park was initially built um i believe the the now infamous phrase build it and they will come yeah. was uh, was often applied with uh, with these theme parks and same in hong kong they've struggled you know i you i think they've realized you, you just can't do theme parks on the cheap yeah because it, it's just one of those you need to we've been saying it at work as well we've just got a brand new school building um it was paid for by the government we didn't have our own money to do that, um, but it's one of those. Now we've got the. Now it's kind of a visual stimulant. Um, when people walk through the door, it kind of does make a difference, and the whole ethos of the place has changed. Um, and again, that didn't. 
had, didn't have the same effect in an older building. Uh, so by having spent the money now, it's going to make a big improvement. And the same kind of thing can be said uh, with the world of theme parks as well. Um, especially when we've been at Disneyland Paris, we've always been used to now recently anywhere, apart from Ratatouille uh, in, in recent years. It's always been about refurb this, re-theme this slightly. Um, so nothing's really felt new, has it? It's always been an overlay or a, a slight change. And it doesn't really excite people uh, or bring in new people, really. Um, but by, 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 by being able to say this brand new land that's never been here before, um, it's going to get people talking and people will come just for them new lands. Definitely. And you do wonder now, in hindsight, whether um, some of these decisions for um, just refurbishing attractions for you know the 25th anniversary, you do wonder now, in hindsight, uh, whether that was... Um, Yes, we need to we need to not spend some money for a bit so that we can <laughs> we can do a big thing. Um, but who knows? Obviously, they weren't owned by the Walt Disney Company uh, when those decisions were made. So who who knows what the exact timelines were? Anyway, should we carry on to? Uh, are we doing the Instagram next? Definitely. Go ahead. Okay, so um, we've got Dennis from uh, at the Disney Swede. Uh, now this one is quite a different opinion. Uh, so this one's very interesting. I'm sceptical. I really don't think that any of these announced new lands are a good fit. Marvel, perhaps, but Star Wars? The thing that makes different Disney parks and resorts around the world is the fact that they are so different. But both Walt Disney World and Disneyland are in the process of getting a Star Wars land already. Building one in Paris as well seems boring and unoriginal. And I'm also concerned that it will be made on the cheap. If Walt Disney Studios Park's Toy Story Land is any indication, then I doubt that this land will be as detailed and immersive as the one in the US. And giving an entire land to Frozen, no single movie deserves an entire land dedicated to itself. And who even knows how long Frozen will continue to be popular? The craze will end sooner or later, and then what? Disney used to be known for taking risks and being creative. This only feels stale and boring. Hmm. I don't... I can see where he's coming from in some aspects, but I don't agree. Obviously, we've, we've bigged up all the areas quite a lot. Um, it kind of covers the similarities for a couple of people have said uh, maybe it's not being original and we've kind of covered that really now um, But and Frozen maybe uh, there, is a, there is a new film coming out in the next couple of years isn't there um, and it, to be honest it's still, it's still running very very fast um, from the uh, original film it's still going quite strong from the original film so once that comes back, if as long as it does okay and does maybe even just as half as good as the original Frozen film, it'll last uh, for another five, ten years, wouldn't want it. Um, and who knows? Maybe eventually it'll just become an area. Even if people start to forget about Frozen as a film, it'll be a land that is, is just very much Disney parks, and it's a, one of those classics. In inverted commas again, maybe in twenty years we'll be talking about the Frozen land as a, a classic land in the Disney park. Yeah, I think this this fits a lot with the sort of big debates that are going on at the minute about uh, the use of IP and franchises in the theme parks. Now, of course, they have always been used. Um, and when you think about classic attractions, actually, you know what? Most of them are based on an IP. Some of them aren't. You get things like Haunted Mansion, Parts of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain um, that aren't based on IP. But actually, loads of the massive classics are Tower of Terror, Star Tours, um, all of Fantasyland. Uh, you know, the castles are all based on films, of course. So the the issue's not that it's based on attractions. It's how immersive and unique 
the stories that the lands tell are. I've got a good feeling about Star Wars Land because they've created this new, this whole new planet that it's set on. So long as they don't try and stick too closely to the films, then we could have something really, really amazing there. Problems will start to arise, though, if, say, like with the the Frozen attraction that they've built in Florida. Well, that's cool at the minute, while everyone's still obsessed with the film. But that's effectively like a bit of a highlights reel from the film, just showing off the same characters that you've seen, singing the same songs that you've heard. Is that going to be boring and un- uninspiring and unengaging once people aren't so into that? But then, say, if you've got something that is, you know, maybe uses different characters or uses characters in such a way that you're telling a new story that is designed around whatever ride system you've got, actually then you can tell an immersive story that it's irrelevant what IP it's based on because it's got its own heart and its own soul. So I I, I think it remains to be seen how they're going to do these things because Disney has sometimes got that really right. So say, I don't think anyone's going to be sat around going, oh, God, isn't Startles awful? Oh, isn't Tower of Terror awful? No. Um, but of course, then you get things like the Iron Man attraction that they've built in Hong Kong that is, is sort of neither here nor there. And I, I would definitely take the uh, the criticism about uh, the Toy Story Land as it's is sometimes a bit hit and miss in how that they've they've used the IP to then to then make the land. But it's uh, yeah, yeah c- certainly some. Um, uh, some interesting, some interesting points raised there, and maybe some, some I think justified concerns to have, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see indeed. At Secrets DLP, it's an incredible, it's incredible news. As for me, I can't wait to discover all the new details and secrets they'll create for these new lands. Uh, obviously, their account on Twitter likes to post little secrets, maybe fancy little lights here and there, hidden mickeys and stuff like that. Um, this is the point where the Imagineers obviously get very, very excited. Um, obviously, seeing uh, concept art in the past for Walt Disney Studios, uh, but obviously, more importantly, uh, Disneyland Park, uh, they do they, do, they go crazy, don't they, Imagineers? This is where their like, dreams and imaginations can come true on paper. Then it's uh, up to somebody who inc- who holds up the uh, who, it's up to somebody who holds the purse strings for them to decide, yay or nay. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, I I really hope they've let them go crazy. And equally, I, I hope that, like I was just saying about the IP thing, I'm hopefully we'll do an article about this soon because I I think there's lots to be said about this big debate about the use of franchises. Um, but so long as the Imagineers don't feel too constrained by trying to do fan service or trying to stick too rigidly to the stories that are being told in these franchises, but rather use these universes as inspiration to tell their own stories, then I, you know I think we'll have some absolutely incredible things to uh, to experience coming. And as if by magic, we're now on to Luke. Um, it's actually quite a short one for Luke so we'll uh, let you do the pleasure Simon go on oh it'd be brilliant so yeah this is from Luke uh, at it's an email for, sorry 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 I've just totally butted in I forgot to say it was an email <laughs> I'll say that so, again so good of you Andrew should we go again then <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, so yeah uh, next up we've got to go to the emails and this one's by Luke NIDLP Geek over to you Simon righto hey guys just a short email uh, from me this time as I'm sure you'll be echoing my thoughts already said at this point Wow, 
What an announcement. After nearly 16 years of hoping, dreaming and believing that Walt Disney Studios can someday be a part that we all want it to be, we now have the master plan that will do exactly that. We looked at the announcement and redevelopment of Disney California Adventure about 10 years ago with envy, but now it's the studio's turn to get the love and attention it sorely needs, which, on paper at least, will be an investment doubling that which the Walt Disney Company did to fix Anaheim's second gate. As for the content in the master plan, it's perfect. Marvel, Star Wars and Frozen are there, three big properties Disney has uh, and are only going to grow within the next 10 years with the uh, Marvel Comic Universe film after film breaking box office records and a long list of future Star Wars movies already announced and with the Frozen sequel in development. Given the financial backing of this master plan, I don't think I'm being outlandish and believing that each of these lands are going to be something very special with at least several attractions making their world debut in Disneyland Paris. I'm going to go out on a limb with an early prediction that Frozen's Mountain and Ice Palace could very well become the new icon of Walt Disney Studios Park. Its apparent location at the peak of the park makes it a perfect weenie for the moment you exit Studio One, and what a backdrop that would be for a nighttime show on the brand new lake. This has easily been the greatest news Disneyland Paris fans have received ever since the resort opened back in 1992. I've always believed Walt Disney Studios can someday become the full park we all want it to be with the latest and greatest experience, but this has surpassed even my wildest dreams. It's a good day to be a Walt Disney Studios Park fan. Once all of this is complete, I do believe we could be visiting the greatest Disney park in the world. Thanks, guys. And thank you, Luke. Thank you very much. You can't really say much about that one. It's kind of tall oh, there. Luke writes it? with so much drama. <laughs> I love it. It's excellent. And I... Oh, absolutely echoes how excited I think I think well pretty much everyone is not quite everyone but not everybody no what I do like is the fact that it says um, where's where's it gone it's a good day to be a Walt Disney Studios Park fan mm. so is is he is Luke saying that he's already a fan of Walt Disney Studios Park or is he going to be um, even well is he going to be a really big one after all of this well I, I think what what Luke's really really expertly said is that we've all you know the all of us who post things on Twitter, on Instagram, and you know write blogs and make podcasts. We've all known for so long that you could do so much with the Studios Park, and that there's so much untapped potential. If only, as Luke says, there was a big master plan. And we've all been talking for ages about what this master plan might be. To be honest, a lot of the fan ideas included a lake. So ah, the fact that this is coming real now. Yeah, I'm t- Luke. I'm so with you, and like it's, oh, it's like a dream, and it's genuinely kind of difficult to wrap your head around. Just because for so long we've been saying this is going to happen, and for so long we've been getting small, little, tiny things that utterly disregard any kind of master plan. But bam, here it is. Answer to all of our questions. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, Jack Kendall. Uh, this was an email from Jack. Uh, he is on Twitter at DSNY Newscast. He's also on YouTube as well. He does some very interesting videos, uh, very good videos actually uh, on YouTube. So search for him. Um, he says, Hi, Andrew and Simon. Been a listener of your podcast for quite some years now. I would like to say that you guys do an amazing job. Although the episodes have become somewhat sporadic. We'll miss that yeah. bit up for now. Um, quality, not quantity. Uh, anyways, here... <laughs> are my thoughts on the expansion number one we're probably looking at 10 years before we see this entire thing being rolled out with my guess being that marvel will be completed first then star wars then frozen 
to. I would love for there to be some sort of second entrance through Toy Story Playland, maybe where the current blue Bucket of Monkeys shop is, but it's rarely open, as this would create much better guest flow from Ratatouille and Toy Story into the new lake area. Otherwise, I can see this being a terrible bottleneck for guests. The third point, uh, I have been, oh, I have heard that Studio Tram to a may get scaled down uh, may get a scaled-down version, which would take place in the forested area within the concept art. And I really hope this is not true, as this park would be pivoting away from the studio's vibe toward more immersive worlds instead, and this would be a step backward. Number four, it sees as if it seems as if changes will occur to Studio One building, and personally, I hope they open up the entrance a lot more, as walking through the doors to see the new Main Street area will be underwhelming to say the least. Five, and lastly. I feel very strongly that Tower of Terror has been left on the concept art as they don't want to commit to a refeam at the moment. Plus, if anything from the concept art gets cut due to tight budget measures, it will be alien swirling saucers as it's a near replica of the ride system for the Cars Rally ride in the animation courtyard. Great, keep up the great work, Andrew and Simon. Thanks, Jack. We haven't actually mentioned the uh, Cars Rally ride, did we? Um, but yeah, like you said there... Genuinely, I always forget that attraction exists. <laughs> Well, I actually went on it twice in February. Did you enjoy it? Um, well, I got told off by one cast member the first time for uh, <laughs> trying to film on my camera. Uh, the second time, yeah, it was really good. But it lasts one of those... Uh, the, the queue was about five minutes long, so we didn't mind waiting for it. But if I've seen it being 60 minutes before on a really busy day, and I would not queue 60 minutes for that ride. Because um, <laughs> it was... I think you're on it for about 30 seconds. And that's yeah. basically it. <laughs> I mean, Jack. Jack got some some really great points. Um, I have yeah, go, going back to Jack. Going back to yeah, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Always going back to Jack. Um, I, yeah, I hadn't heard that um, there was any rumours of Studio Tramtor getting a scaled down version. But you're exactly right that um, that there's definitely a shift happening here from this idea that you're in a place where movies are made um, to that you start in the place in the sort of studio where movies are made. And then you go into the universes of the movies themselves. So you, uh, Jack's definitely right that any any sort of bizarre replacement of Tram Tour uh, would would not fit at all. Although, of course, Andrew, I really like your idea of a uh, <laughs> of a replacement railroad going around the outside with Tram Tour. That could be really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think Jack's bang on. I'm still though uh, of the opinion that I don't think Tower of Terror has been left out of the retheme because. Uh, they just don't know what to do with it yet. I think, in fairness, like if you're going to spend money, you might as well build new things rather than changing existing things. But I do think also that, I mean, A, now Paris has a unique Tower of Terror because the only one that was identical is now uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And B, if you're keeping front lot, then I see no reason to change um, the Tower of Terror at all because it's it was designed to be perfect for that entrance. And if you're keeping the entrance, you might as well keep the attraction that was designed to be perfect for it. Yeah, the, it will look... I'm pretty certain the one in California just took the design of the one in Paris to save money and that the design in Paris was specifically to, to fit with front lot. It does fit so well. So I, I can't imagine that they'd be so willing to just trash that. Also, if you think of the positioning of it, it the front faces out so that you see it perfectly when you're when you're just entering the park and you see it over Studio One. 
and it's all designed to be like that. It's facing the wrong way to fit into Marvel Land. It wouldn't look right. If it was angled in a different direction, and so that you'd you'd see the front of the facade when you're in Marvel Land, yeah, sure. If it was where Motor's action is, yeah, that'd be a great place for a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay, but that's not where it is. So, yeah, I, I really don't see them retheming it. Anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, put some caveats on the end for me, Andrew. Don't never me say, crazy. never say never. <laughs> Isn't that what Justin Bieber said once? Anyway, where am I? I think I've lost it. No, I haven't. There's two jacks. That's why I'm, I'm further down than I should be. Right? If you're going to go on to the next one, next email, please. There's two jacks. What? Am oh, I missing a jack? How many jacks are there? Oh, yeah. Well, the Simon. Next. So go for Sai first. Cool. Right. So this is from Sai Marshall uh, at Skills Champion Two. He says, 2 billion euros. That's what it takes to buy Disneyland Paris fans love. The unloved left-hand side of the parks, uh, of the Paris' second park, the one day if you walk slowly park, has been given the mother of all makeovers. So we all knew Marvel Land was coming in some form of another, uh, and given their previously haphazard approach to WDS, we knew it would probably be disjointed and at best adequate. But we all forgot it's not Euro Disney in charge anymore, it's the Walt Disney Company. The $96 billion company who decided they couldn't just stand by and let the Wii Park slowly rot into oblivion. No one had a clue until Bob and Monsieur Macron sat down together and the scale and size of what the hell they had planned. Many exclamation marks. So, Marvel Land looks stunning. Whatever version of Galaxy uh, Galaxy's Edge will be mega and the thing no one expected... Arendelle will be the perfect antidote to the macho superheroes and Jedi mayhem, with Arna and Elsa, Olaf and friends taking a massive amount of guests to the far side of the studios. Plus, a lake! A bloody big expanse of water connecting everything! Gone is the tram tour, rain of fire, any ideas? Another random old memorabilia no one remembers or cares about. And in comes a new lake with all the possibilities that this entails. All in all, this is exactly what Disneyland Paris needs. The main part, for all its flaws, doesn't need to work hard to attract visitors. Walt Disney Studios has often been seen as the worst Disney property. But from 2020-ish onwards, it's going to be the place in the world where you'll want to visit. I'd guess the next thing is the details of how all this is implemented, the timescale, and how they minimise disruption. Do too much, too soon, and two-thirds of the park will be out of action. But get it just right, it should be seamless. I guess time will tell. Oh, and the very best news of all... Armageddon will be gone! Armageddon's <laughs> oh, a great attraction. I don't even know what you're on about, Sai. Yeah, come on. Pretty sure it's amazing. Loved it. Loved it. I must say that was a really excited. That's a really excitable email. I and can't tell you how many exclamation marks are here. Oh, they're everywhere. I think I even yeah. ta- I even took some of them out because it was taking up too many lines on our on our notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything is repeated. We said it over and over again. Absolutely love it. The fans are so excited by it. And to be honest, we never really mentioned this. We expected Marvel, because obviously we had the uh, Rock and Roller Coaster um, re-theme um, announcement. We expected Star Wars, really, I suppose. Or at every, some point. At some, some point, form. yeah. We, well, we not, didn't expect it, but that's what we kind of knew would be coming if, if we got an investment. But the Frozen Land, I, haven't, I've, I didn't hear anybody really talking about it at all. So it is one of the ones that's kind of came out of nowhere, really. Definitely. Um, what, one of the other things that I think is so interesting about this announcement, and uh, I had the same reaction from my sister. Everyone's, you know, talk about the three lands. That's great, that's great, that's great. But you can tell the real Disney fans, because the lake, 
that's what everyone's so excited about, that we've got this hub and that we're now moving from a theme park that was just a collection of different attractions, like any old theme park in the world, and now we're getting the proper Disney treatment with a big old boulevard leading to a lake and a weenie. Brilliant. That's that's the thing that's really that's really exciting the uh, the sort of DLP community, and that's that's so exciting to see. Well, um, we've got the master plan, as Luke says. Is that exciting as well? Because uh, if you're talking about like a simulator game on a computer, um, the normal building tools which you would use to build any theme park attraction, yeah, everyone can use them. But it's only when you activate the God mode, and that's when you can build lakes and when you can move mountains. <laughs> that's when it. That's when it becomes impressive. That's when we get um, to the Disney scale of doing. So things. we're kind of on Disney God mode at the moment. If we we're on like some kind of simulation game. Yeah, and this is okay. also what we have here as well is something to explore, isn't it? You know, this isn't just pop in a queue, you're on the ride, oh, and you're back in where you know. This is this is basically a whole new theme park for us to wander around in, you know, and to stand at the edge of that lake where whatever music's playing in the background, and you know, it'll obviously be a bright sunny day because you're in Disneyland, um, <laughs> and you know, you know, we can look across the lake and see maybe fountains going off or things happening in the distance. You just get that amazing feel of being immersed in somewhere that's alive and exciting. And, ah, oh, we're going to finally have that. <laughs> I have no idea what that was, but it's an exciting noise. <coughs> I got it. Um, I liked it. <laughs> so, yeah, here's another jack for you. Uh, I don't know if... I think this might have been a, late, a new one. Um, Last-minute edition. Um, jack at DLP Discovery Mountain. Uh, let me start with a Wow. Uh, this is single-handedly the best news to come to DLP ever, and the fact that it came out of nowhere made me fall off my chair at work makes it all the more brilliant. Just imagine, I've got that, imag- I've got that picture in my head now, people falling off chairs. As fans of DLP, we have often watched the world parks expand with new and exciting lands, attractions and rides, while we continue to walk down the thematically brilliant areas of the backlot whilst wondering if this will ever happen to us. And now it has, and to be honest, I think a lot of us are still waking up pinching ourselves. Most fans would have been happy with just the fact the park was changing and having money spent on it. However, I think the changes alone are what makes this announcement even better. Firstly, Marvelland. We knew this was coming with the announcement of the Avengers coaster, but now we have a concept art to dribble over, with hints, which hints towards potential Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man and other experiences included. As a huge Marvel fan, this is very exciting, and I predict we'll all be ready by 2021. Secondly, I think the next part to open will be Star Wars Land for the 30th anniversary. I forgot that was coming up soon. After seeing the scale of the lands being created at Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World, I could only sit here green with envy. Now it looks like we'll be receiving the same or a modified version. Brilliant. I think we can't get greedy if they give us a slightly toned down version. Because this should be a day of celebrating that the Studios Park could go from the worst park in the world to the best park in terms of attraction lineup. Weirdly enough though, the frozen area is what I'm most excited for. The same thing happening again and again and again. As a male who loves Star Wars and Marvel, and who respects how brilliant Frozen is, but doesn't hold it in regard of the others, this area entices me the most. The scale of the area is phenomenal, based on the concept art shown, and the art we have seen with Arendelle also going to Hong Kong. Also, the other brilliant part is the fabulous lake. The lake is without doubt my favourite part. I love Epcot's lake, with the world showcase around, and I love the idea of having your own our own lake show hopefully culminating the likes of Fantasmic and Rivers of Light in America. 
All in all, this is brilliant. I am a skeptical. Uh, I am skeptical to whether we will ever receive. All in all, this is brilliant. I am skeptical to whether we will receive everything exactly as shown, or whether changes will be made. As this is a multi-year build, but the fact that the Walt Disney Company has put its faith in Paris has agreed. Um, an enormous investment can only be positive. We have waited so long for improvements to come to our beloved park, and soon will be the envy of every other Disney park fan in the world. I love Robert Tiger. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> Don't know where the voice came from. DLP, Discovery Mountain, or Jack, if you want to use his human name. So yeah, uh, Robert Tiger has uh, a few proposals that will be batting away soon. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, you got really into that as well. I think you might be shooting a proposal his way as well. Well, I know I will be. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I've, I've, well, I've noticed that people have been tweeting him as well recently. So we'll have to um, get into the queue. I think there'll be a queue of people uh, already mentioning marriage proposals to him. Can we get him on the podcast? Do like a live proposal? Oh, Both just imagine! Just imagine that uh, some kind of Bob Iger sandwich. <laughs> 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 Oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. Sound <laughs> um, Andrew making a Bob Iger sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's how excited we are at this proposal. Um, Jack mentioned basically every, in a totally brilliant way how excited he is, uh, how excited we all are. Um, but again, a massive Marvel and Star Wars fan, mostly interested in the Frozen uh, land. It's going to be one that's intriguing, especially if you know the other like IPs inside out. Especially, it's, there's so much room for the Imagineers to do what they want, really, because uh, we haven't been in a lot of these places uh, in Frozen. So it's, it's like an open book, isn't it, really, for a lot of the area? Yeah, I wonder as well if part of the draw that so many of us, and me included as well, I think Frozen's the one that I'm most excited for, even though um, I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, I wonder if it's also just this concept art is just so exciting with that big mountain, like just visually looks so much more arresting uh, than than what we have for for our version of Galaxy's Edge. So I wonder if that's also something that's um, that's sort of drawing us into Arendelle a little bit more. Although I think Cagey's dead right that also there's that kind of old old Disney magic that's pulling us there. Of course. Now we're getting close to the end. We're probably looking at maybe two and a half hours, if not more, <laughs> for this epic podcast. It's definitely worth it. The um, iTunes review section. Oh, now, hang on a second. Uh, oh, go on, go on. Hang on, I need to dive in first uh, with um, a- Alan has also sent oh, in. Oh, yes. Alan sent us in a huge amount of notes, and uh, we should definitely say that uh, a lot of a lot of what we've uh, been talking about is is kind of based on based on his his notes that he sent through. Um, which are, if you want to see his opinions on stuff, head over to his Twitter feed at Cafe Fantasia. He's got all the stuff you could ever want. Um, I'll just give a quick read uh, through of uh, sort of a short reaction that he sent through, because to be honest, this also uh, really sums up my own reaction to it as well. He says, When I first saw the concept art, I automatically dismissed it and assumed it wasn't real, uh, that it was just fan-made. It looked too good to be true. Uh, but when I realised it actually was real, I was in shock. This is amazing news. I love how it came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting it. There were no leaks. What a truly jaw-dropping surprise. 
This is a total dream come true for Disneyland Paris fans, an awesome gift from the Walt Disney Company that we will all enjoy for many, many years to come. The next six years are going to be genuinely exciting as we follow the construction and step into these new areas for the very first time. It's amazing how you can just feel the excitement off the page, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, as I said, uh, so much of what, we're, what we've been saying is, uh, has been based on uh, Alan's notes because obviously we've tried to throw this podcast together in, uh, in sort of a couple of days since we've heard the announcement. Um, so, cheers, Alan, you're amazing. Cheers. Um, uh, and also, yeah, do do go and check out his uh, his Twitter at Cafe Fantasia. Although, to be perfectly honest, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't already found found Alan, you're missing out. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, stop listening right now and go and follow him now. You can um, multitask. Do both. Do both. We're all yeah, friends yeah. here. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Um, we're gonna admit it. It has been a while since we've had a podcast episode out. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, it's life. But. Um, <laughs> So we've only had one review on iTunes. Um, I think it's probably best if you read the, this review out, Simon. Yeah, um, it says, Five stars, the best Disneyland Paris podcast! Exclamation mark. From Andrew One from the UK. Bit biased, but the best Disneyland Paris podcast. Don't know who <laughs> could have written it. No idea. Literally, clueless. Uh, Andrew, if, yeah. if you're out there, um, thank you for, for the love. We really appreciate it. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to send that person a badge. Yes. Yes, that's it. Put it in the post and <laughs> deliver it. Deliver it to them. I'm going <clears> to <throat> hand deliver it, I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Maybe Personally signed. To the, door, to, the, to his desk. Put it on his pillow. In fact. <laughs> that could be arranged. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I think I was just looking. I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't uh, reviewed my own podcast. So I thought I'd give us a <laughs> cheeky review. All the stars count. Definitely, definitely cheeky, but we'll, I did, you know, we'll take anything. No, I was trying to, I was just checking to see if it was still working because we normally get a couple of reviews every month, even when we don't have a podcast episode out. So I just wanted to check that the system I use uh, to, because I don't use the iTunes uh, review system to read them. I use a special website. I wasn't getting anything for a while, so I thought I'd send one in, see if it happened. This one turned up, so it obviously is working. It's just nobody is reviewing us at the moment. So please leave us a special review on iTunes if you're listening via iTunes. Um, so it's nearly that time where we say goodbye. Uh, before we do, though, um, I mentioned the badge there. If you visit uh, shop.magicaldlp.co.uk, you can buy a nice big blue badge uh, with Magical DLP on it. Uh, people like to wear them in the parks. I wore one. I didn't see anybody else wearing one. Um, but if you would love one, shop.magicaldlp.co.uk. It does help us out. Um, the more badges we sell, I'm not going to bribe you, but the more money that's coming in from the badges to help with the hosting and stuff like that, it's going to make us feel a little bit more special and we'll maybe do a few extra podcast episodes. Who knows? It's not going to pay my wages. Um, we're only going to use it to help pay the uh, hosting fee. So any... And every little helps. That's a trademarked slogan by Tesco, but it doesn't matter. Um, <coughs> also, uh, if you visit redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash magical DLP, there are some nice little t-shirt designs on there. Again, just goes towards the upkeep of the website, uh, which is hosting this wonderful podcast right now. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to talk about, uh, seeing as though you haven't been on the airwaves for a few months now before we go? I just can't believe this is happening. I can't believe there's a master plan for Walt Disney Studios, and it's it's mental. It's so good. Don't have like anything I'm, else to add. 
No, that's, like that's I mentioned... All. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Like I said at the start, what are we going to be talking about in the future? I know we'll be talking about the construction, the, the plans as they come out. Will Disneyland Paris release the plans uh, like a lot of the parks around the world do? Are we going to have no idea what's happening until we start seeing the buildings appear? Uh, all will be revealed, and I'm sure we'll cover this again in the future episode, uh, maybe once everything's happened, if the podcast still still going strong in five years' time. Which it probably will be. Uh, we've been here for three three years now, I think. Maybe even more than that. Yeah, so, keep uh, strong. We could be keeping strong, even though we've only got to like episode 18, I think. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The focus of the next episode of the Magical Disneyland Paris... Paris? The focus of the next episode of the Magical Disneyland Paris podcast will see me and Simon discussing, finally, Peter Pan's flight. Let us know your opinions. Email us at podcast at magicaldlp.co.uk. Message us on Twitter, Facebook. We now uh, take messages on Instagram or visit our website. So, uh, yeah, don't forget as well, if you really want to, it hasn't happened for a while, but you can send in your audio opinions. uh, If you've got um, a microphone on your mobile phone, which everybody has, obviously it won't be a phone, then you can record your views, um, audio, send them in via email and we can play your responses um so yeah thanks for joining us for this special episode of the magical disneyland paris podcast until next time it's time to say goodbye goodbye bye 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 hey every other park in the world suck on that oh that was a matey one